actually killing me. Um, hi. We'll get to that. Yeah. Hey. Hello. Hey, girl. Hi. Hi, babes. Hey, babes. How you doing, babes? Welcome it's to the Big Damn Cast. Babes Damn Cast. Babes Damn Cast. Big Damn Babes. Big Damn Babes. 75. Holy shit. How are we not dead? Um, Actually, no, polar opposite question. I think I might how has this show not already died? And how does this show not already have 18 sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Loot Crate? Where's Blue Apron? Well, Luke, to be Luke fair, Crate those are questions people are asking in general. Yeah, well, we, we don't well, have Blue Apron over here, we have HelloFresh. Loot, Loot Crate have started a new thingy. They've started like a new thing. They're sort they of shipping specific stuff out now to stores. People can buy like Loot Crate packs and things like that. So they're obviously finding a way to make up sort financially of, as much as they can before they go under. Sort of defeats the object of a subscription box, right? In a way. As, you know, Funk, Funko's going to go bad at some point. Funko, I'm honestly In our shocked. lifetime, it will go horribly wrong. It's, it, our local forbidden planet, God bless them. If they want to sponsor the show, please fucking do. Um, this has got two shelves of Funkos. Two solid shelves <clears> of Funkos. Two full miles, and that's not counting the, the comic book specific ones downstairs. But they now give away surplus ones that don't shift in mystery boxes. Ah! Which is actually kind of a brilliant idea. That is kind it's of like, a neat idea. Hey, you could spend £11 on a Funko, or you can spend 20 quid and get three Funkos. The thing is, you just don't know what they are. Or you so, can just not. Yeah, I think it's 15 quid, actually, for three. Which isn't bad, if you are a huge collector of Funko, but you're taking the risk, obviously. Blind bagging! Speaking of blind bagging, um, <laughs> uh, I'm Christopher, please someone tell the police he hasn't fed me in a week, Johnson. I'm Matt. I'm the chase figure, Watson. Oh, baby. I'm short-packed. You're the builder figure. <laughs> you're the b- I had to collect you over several different mm. waves. You're like, uh, you're like Killer Croc. Killer Croc. There's only one of me in each case assortment. Sorry, when, when, when you say Killer Croc, I just want to say it like Bane does in the um, in the Dirk Mag's Nightfall radio adaptation. Uh, Killer Croc! <laughs> I've got that on cassette somewhere. It's so much fun. I it's lost it recently. Huge. I had it on camp. Apple, but it's one of those things that every now and again the license thing is and it just disappears and you're like, why? Which is bullshit for something you've bought. Like. I know. Isn't it stupid relying on digital? Mind you, my brother today showed me the beta for um, XTV or whatever the hell it's called. The thing where, not, not, not Triple X. Um, the thing mm. where Xbox have dish- dished out beta now that you can stream digital games to your mobile device or tablet. Oh, um, yeah. You, you let me have a play on it today. Extreme. It works really well. It's it's, and it it's was... basically a, a remote play. Yeah, but it, it, they're, they're betaing it, it with better. four specific games just to see how people feel. Yeah. So they put it out with uh, Halo 5, uh, Killer Instinct, which is what I played for a bit. Killer Instinct's quite good. Riptor! Still, yeah. my, still, my, uh, still my OTP. Ultra Combo. My MVP. <laughs> Me and Riptor, one true pairing. Fanfiction.net, just search us, you'll find so much. Um, uh, and also, Den- uh, Sea of Thieves and some cunt, I don't know, something else. But uh, it was pretty good. Probably a Gears game. It was pretty good. And and if, you know, like it's good for him because he pays for a lot of data on his mobile. Yeah. So he can, he can beta test this like on the bus. Or at work on a lunch hour, just whip an Xbox controller out with his phone attached and I play know, a video game. I know landline data caps aren't so much a thing over here as they are in the States, but they can be fuckers for hmm. That's why I'll ne- that's why I won't buy into the Google what's it called? Stadia. Oh, Stadia, yeah. Because like, sure, great, but I live I live in an area with decent connections, decent yeah. broadband, this, that and the other, and there's still dropouts, there's still periods where everything just goes blue. 
Plus, I don't want to get rid of everything. I, if, if Crash Team Racing server is down, I can't play online. But because of my disc and it being on my goddamn console, do you know what I can do, your folks? Disc. Do you know what I can do, folks? I can still play 90% of the rest of the damn thing. Slight problem, though. Oh. You'll still be playing Crash Team Racing. Hey, 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 Enough waffle! What's on the content menu this week, On the content menu this week, we are going to be diving into... The new Terminator film, which is actually good. Maybe, question mark. We haven't talked about it yet. We'll, we'll so get into it. We'll get uh, into let's it. find out. Spoiler um, alert, I liked it. But uh, first. <laughs> but no, no, it's keep first. listening now. I've ruined it. We're uh, cooks, apparently. The Cookinator. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're male genociding. Uh, we're, we're, male. We're, we're, we're cooperating with the male genocide, apparently, if we like that. To, to paraphrase Lindsay Ellis. Can't wait for that genocide. <clears throat> oh God, it's my favourite kind. Um, <laughs> Don't have to do a fucking seminar episode in a few years. No, no, no. Did you watch the H Bomber one? Yes, wonderful, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. wonderful. As everything he does is. That is very true. We can only we He's can only going to move there, Ben. Fucking Aquaman. <laughs> Marvellous stuff. Marvellous stuff. But we've got some news. We've got some news and some news. Um, First, to quote an email that we were sent by our good friend Charlie. Beautiful Charlie Um, with his eyes and dreams. He sent us an email which makes up our first news headline of the day. The entirety of of his email was, Game of Thrones prequel is dead. Long live the Game of Thrones prequel. (laughs) Because that is indeed true. Yeah, that's a So. As, that happened. As many of us know, Jane Goldman had scripted <laughs> a pilot for a HBO prequel series under the working title of The Long Night, uh, starring Naomi Watts all about the birth of the White Walkers and uh, the uh, how House Stark ruled over the North. It's set a few hundred years before the events of Game of Thrones, that one? A few thousand years. A few thousand years before. Who knows? A while um, before. It's, it's, <clears> a, it's, a, it's at least a thousand years oh, before. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, yes. Before... Yeah. It's how Targaryen what, came over and united which is what the other one so because HBO commissioned two prequel pilots yes and one has been shot and that is the Jane Goldman penned one Jane Goldman one what? has been all the really end. really good really good cast as well like yeah. a solid cast for it um, but maybe they just thought you know what ah, interesting <laughs> here's the thing here's, here's the thing we've here's not the seen thing. the pilot so we can no. only speculate no, apparently oh. it, ran, it ran into production problems but what what form those took no one knows because that's just rumoured so we don't I know. wonder if it's because visually it's too close to have I been drinking out of your cup I just randomly felt like I've reached down to that cup at some point quite possibly no I, d- I can't taste coffee so I can't have done oh. but I can taste jizz <laughs> well you might have done I might have <laughs> um, <laughs> you know I've got to get my protein somehow how's the pale ale I'm a pescatarian so uh, fish <laughs> <laughs> salmon, 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 tuna. Went to Holland and Barrett. I said, I need some tablets to replace iron. And they went, you don't need tablets, son. And they just got their penis out. <laughs> Both Holland and Barrett, which, funnily enough, is what they nicknamed the testicles. I know it's pretty, baby, but I didn't take it out for air. Oh. <laughs> well, this just got creepy. <laughs> um, so I think possibly they went, right, so this is similar to Game of Thrones in terms yes. of its premise. And the Almost sort of like characters it's a prequel series of some sort. No, but like with the White Walkers especially, it's yeah. like... White Walkers would clearly be a threat in the show. So it must be like... This well, is at too, least they were a threat similar. in one show. Oh, this is too similar to that show that we just finished that did really well but critically ended on a massive... I mean, turd. yeah, they burned a lot of goodwill with uh, how Game of Thrones ended. So if they have another pilot uh, a prequel uh, at their disposal and it is different enough, I can understand why they'd favour it. 
but also that. The other one's yes. co-written by George R. R. Martin. Which well, immediately gets some good graces. Because people will go, well, George is back to correct everything after he was it's, involved much less with the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones. It's based on his uh, on his book Fire and Blood, which tells the early <laughs> days of House Targaryen and Uniting the Three Kingdoms. It's, it's about... his um, Silmar- Silmarillion, Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the prequel series that they're going forward with, with a... Uh, Ten episode series order. What's it called again? House of the Dragon, I believe. House of the Dragon. what the series is called. <clears throat> this one is House of the Dragon. Sorrow is my playground. Your tears are the fountain I frolic here. <laughs> now, I, I love Jane Goldman. I think she's a really good talent. Hell, 14-year-old me fancied the shit out of her in the TV series Jane Goldman Investigates. And still kind of does. Did, did she investigate? She did. It was what great. did she, she investigate? She investigated like, things to do with therapy, paranormal stuff. Oh, like, okay. It was great. And like yeah, I was going through my massive goth crush phase and she was like dark red or dark pink hair and a big sexy goth lady. Um, so... <laughs> Certainly helped. Uh, uh, and I still do fancy you quite a bit, actually. I think that's how Jonathan Ross proposed. <clears throat> you are a big sexy goth lady. Hello. Um, I met her very briefly in 2014. Did you keep your mouth shut? I did. <laughs> I did. I Probably kept my mouth idea. very close. I was like, I'm not saying a damn thing in case I embarrass myself. I am two wines in. Pick your jaw up. So I chatted Johnson. To, so I chatted to Lindsay Duncan for five minutes instead. Ooh, and the whole time, I was, the whole time I was like, I'm sure this is Lindsay Duncan. She was just actually talking to me about um, Kids TV. Fun. She just came over and started asking me some questions. It was really lovely. And then she left. In my brain, I was like, I'm sure that was Lindsay Duncan. <laughs> so, and it was. So, there we go. Excellent. Moral of the story is, don't get too drunk if you're ever invited to a press night. You know what else is the moral of the story? Don't let Jane Goldman write your prequel, because apparently it won't go down. And also, she will be the reason it leaks that that prequel has been denied. Because she sent an email out early on Tuesday to all the cast to let them know that the show was not going ahead. And she had been told earlier in the week. And that preempted the press announcement for House of the Dragon two hours later. So the magic of Twitter let the world know that one show wasn't going to happen. And that the other show then was announced. Meaning that people are split on the opinion of what has happened. Because people want to see Naomi Watts leading a series set in the world of Game of Thrones. That's not what I was going to go with. Oh. I was going to go We've with... we got the... Jane Goldman on the line. I was going to go with... Hi, Jane! The moral of the story is, when you leave <clears throat> a massively successful TV series yeah. with under a, under a cloud, shall we say, with the reception of its, of its finale, um, <clears throat> and then go on to work on... To begin work on another <laughs> massively successful uh, multimedia franchise, what you don't do, yeah, what you don't do is yeah. go and talk about how the you blagged it. You basically spent the entire eight seasons of the thing you were working on previously, flying completely fucking blind and making it up as you went along, to the point where you wrote yourself into a fucking corner, did not finish things properly, and now you're promptly not working on that new uh, <clears throat> multimedia franchise anymore. Are we talking about D&D? D&D! Fighting with the legends of yore. Um, Heroes without themes. David and DB have done fucked it up again. Oh. Um, because after delivering Game of Thrones uh, and definitely not sticking the landing, no. these two guys, who need I remind you, one of which wrote X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is why I will never understand everybody's outpouring of love and adoration for him overall. I know why. Oh? 
There are two white men in Hollywood. White men in Hollywood. They can who wrote fail most, upwards. Who wrote most of Game of Thrones with a bit of help here and there. To, yeah. You know, <clears throat> also the other writers on Game of Thrones were their assistants who they just farmed episodes out to. Yeah. Because they didn't want to do more. So the other day, they... What? The other day, they uh, took part in an event. It was a, it was an Academy event, wasn't it? Like a Q&A for writers and whatnot. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> they talked about Game of Thrones. And, and somehow, it... Benioff and Weiss got invited. Got him. Zing, as the kids would say. So they they revealed, according to a bunch of Twitter threads at the time, they revealed that they were kind of coasting during series one of Game of Thrones, just sort of feeling around. They treated it, quote, like a student film, unquote. Sure. Uh, maybe don't. Maybe don't say that, guys. Totally say it was a learning experience. We went in thinking it was one thing. It was something else and we adapted. Like, talk about that that way. Brilliant. Yeah. Don't go in saying, yeah, we treat it like a DOS. We treat it like we were farting around. Um, they say that after the books ended and their adaptation of the f- remaining storylines began, they let the actors dictate what the characters would do based on the actors' performances. That's not a I mean, thing. Unless, unless they sit down with them and say, where do you think Thingy would go? What do you think their motivation is now? Unless you did that, that's basically just saying, oh, well, you know, like we just sort of hit autopilot. What? We hit autopilot and then made sure to hit XYZ for certain story beats by the end, even though the autopilot would lead you to believe that's not where we're going, which it seems was the case with like Daenerys's turn and a bunch of other stuff in that final season, everything being so sudden. That's because, yeah, because they weren't actually laying the groundwork for these things. They were just coasting. Well, it was there in... in <clears throat> it's there in the adapted text. Mm. But they let it sort of lie fallow in the, their new material. So when it comes back again, they've not done the work in the meantime yes. to sort of cement that. It, <laughs> Basically, just, they it reveal just, themselves to be a bit fuck-uppery. Fuck it just pisses me off, like... How? <laughs> Two people... <laughs> who did nothing but fuck up, managed to become so fucking successful. Well, that was the thing, of course, Matt. We've talked about this before. They were commissioned to helm a new Star Wars trilogy. Not Saga trilogy, but a new trilogy of films set in the world of Star Wars. When that news came out about two years ago, I think we all went, oh, cool, the Game of Thrones guys. Oh, all right, cool. When are they starting that? When are they starting that? Disney, when they finish Game of Thrones. Us. Cool. HBO. So, boys, how long do you need? We're going to give you another two seasons if you Ooh. want it. The lads. Nah, we're good. We'll wrap it up this season. Ooh. HBO. Right. Do you want ten episodes as per? D&D. Nah, six will do. Like, it felt like they rushed Game of Thrones to go and make their Star Wars project. Which now isn't happening. Which now isn't happening because a day after that Twitter thread went up of what they said at the uh, panel. Yeah. They are no longer making a trilogy with with uh, Lucasfilm. Kathleen Kennedy made it, announced it, and, and let the information get out there. It's not happening now. Did that Twitter thread spur it on? Probably not. Well, the reason, but in a given, world where Gunn made yeah. makes some jokes years ago, apologizes for them, and then those jokes get brought up again by a weaponized right alt right leaning uh, journalist. Yeah, too right. Uh, it leads to Disney firing him from Guardians of the Galaxy less than twenty four hours later. 
I wouldn't be surprised if that thread contributed to the decision. Well, the reason given for it was that <clears throat> many often wives are having to step away because they've got full schedules. Because, of course, there is a ridiculous six-figure multi-year deal to develop new stuff for Netflix. Hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> apparently their plates are just too full. Ah, uh, bullshit. But uh, <clears throat> this whole thing smells of fucking... I just don't understand One how... of them wrote X-Men Origins Wolverine. I will never, never not stress that. I don't understand how they're getting such high profile jobs after... I get that they made Game of Thrones the success it was, mm. but they also fucked the ending. Like, I don't hate the end of Game of Thrones. Like, I'm like, oh, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's just unsatisfying. It's, it is unsatisfying, but it's not like... It... One of them sewed Deadpool's mouth shut in Deadpool's movie debut. One of them thought it was important to tell us the story of how Wolverine got that jacket, despite that jacket then going missing over the course of the film. So it's clearly not the same jacket he's wearing in X3. I fuck these guys, man. Yep. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> fuck these tits guys. Tits and dragons, tits and dragons, tits and dragons. I was tits after, and after the end of Game of Thrones, I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe when they get their hands on something else, they can. Uh, they when can you show me what over. else they've got. No, I don't give a fuck. I'm not interested in anything they have to talk about. They just, they Sorry, just I've come across some, as inept. I've got some D and D stuck in my throat. Oh. <sighs> But there is some good stuff coming on the old TV pipes. Pipes? They're re-releasing Ghostwatch on BBC One. <laughs> no, <clears throat> never be screamed again. Ah, oh, that sucks. Until it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, so remember when Warner Brothers had their own DC streaming service? Do we're like, I? We're going to do loads of new content for the streaming service and it's going to be great. And then, some of which has yet to debut as well. And then it just sort of died on the vine. Because Warner's went, actually... Let's do a Warner Brothers one. We haven't got a plan for it yet, but we're going to put it in motion. So yeah. let's take some budget from you guys. That's one thing. Thing. Yeah, don't bother with doing a second series. Cap it off with one. Um, Doom Patrol, we'll, we'll decide later. Um, we'll do it later. Let's take some of this and take some of that money here and there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like Warner's, Warner's need some sweet money from other places for a while. Well, the new home for all that stuff is HBO Max. Because HBO itself already a subscription only cable channel in the States <laughs> has now got its own streaming service. The world is eating itself. <laughs> um, I've, I've heard of a hydra, but have you ever seen a snake oh, with one head and man. many tails and it's not so sure many which tails. one to start eating? So many tails. <clears throat> um, our Rob or Ross. Our Rob That's how I remember how to spell a Rob or Ross. <laughs> Every time it's Red Dwarf. <laughs> our Rob. Oh, Ross. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. So, we've got more DC Universe, more DC original TV coming, but not on DC Universe, on HBO Max. We have got... Brand, uh, brand new Doom Patrol. It's getting its brand second new Doom series is getting, a, is getting a platform there. Which I've still... Has, it, has that been on anywhere over here? Doom Patrol. Yeah. Series 1 is on Netflix. Right, I need to check that out. Because yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure where it was streaming. Um, we're getting... Adam Strange. Yeah. Whether or not I'm up for. Whether or not that's related to the Adam Strange who is in Krypton. I've no idea. Uh, no, apparently Krypton's story is over now, according to one of the showrunners. Like it's not being spun off or continued. Because remember they were gonna, they were, gonna really spin off, they were gonna spin off into a Lobo show. 
Oh, fucking hell. Because Lobo appears throughout seasons two and three. Uh, two and three? Three seasons of Krypton, I think? <laughs> you know, Krypton, I wasn't fussed. Like, and then Cameron Thingy, the main guy, who plays uh, uh, Mona? No, it wouldn't be Mona, would it? Adam Strange. No, plays the main guy, uh, Superman's granddad. Oh, Superman's granddad. Um, um, yeah. <clears throat> that, he, that guy. He was on Fat Man Beyond as a guest. Kevin was like, I'll be honest, I've never watched it. He talks about what it's about, and you go, shit, why didn't they just send you out? Because when he described it, I was like, all right, I'll oh, watch yeah, that. That's actually interesting. I would totally watch that. But no. Um, but no. But done. no. But Adam Strange obviously was popular enough on that show that they thought, right, we're going to do a show based on Adam Strange. I'm up for pulpy sci-fi shit. I'm always up for pulpy sci-fi 50s B-movie style vibes. I'm yeah. Cool. But not only that, effect-heavy motherfucking stuff is coming. Green Lantern. Green Live Lantern. Live action TV series. Co-produced by Greg Berlanti. Yeah. So... Presumably, it will be set within the wider network of the well, CW shows. There is, in the same way, Black Lightning now is because Black Lightning will be appearing in Crisis on Infinite Earths. There has been rumblings of a Green Lantern show as far back as fucking Arrow season three, like around the time that Flash was gearing <clears> up. So, this is something Greg Blanty has clearly been wanting to do for a while. Mm. So, I guess keep, this is just keep in mind they were trying to leave all the big guns out of those shows, but like Batwoman openly acknowledges that Batman is a thing. And thanks to Supergirl, we now have a Superman. Yeah. Who is now getting his own show. Yes. I've been... Re- this This felt really weird because I've recently revisited Lois and Clark and had a ton of fun with that. It's so 90s. It's beautiful. It's and it's great because like... so painfully 90s. 1994. It's Dean so Kane painfully 90s. It's almost is still the 80s. So... <laughs> 1994. <laughs> Dean Kane is so wonderfully Superman in that show. That it is heartbreaking to learn that he's a massive, homophobic, incredibly right-wing Trump supporter. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck him and his infinite Christmas movies. <laughs> oh, God. That's all he ever fucking makes now. But hey, he's obviously a tremendous actor, because you believe that he is the kind-hearted soul that is Clark Kent in that I show. Wonder, I wonder how much of the, you know that Sony Cinema Christmas channel that's on Freeview now? Yeah. I wonder how <laughs> much of that lineup is, like, cheap Dean Kane straight Dean to video... Um, Christmas movies. Dean Kane and Kevin Sorbo. Oh no! Jesus and Santa or some shit. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Um, homophobic Christmas. Homophobic Christmas. My homophobic Christmas three. Four homophobic Christmases. (laughs) Homophobic miracle on 34th Street. Okay, please stop because someone will commission these. It's a wonderful homophobic (laughs) life. Oh god. It is! No wait, hang on. No, it's a wonderful homosexual life. Yeah. Let's get that right. Let's well, get for that them, right. it's a wonderful homophobic life. Well, screw those guys. Fuck them. Fuck them uh, right in the ear. Disappointed. Um, oh, God. The homophobic Santa Claus. But enough on Dean Kane and 28-year-old Terry Hatcher, who is chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> didn't fancy her in Desperate Housewives. Revisiting Lois and Clark, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, but did you see her evil in Supergirl? No, is she good in Supergirl? Mm. Terry Hatcher Evil Terry Hatcher Evil Terry Hatcher in a plan Paired up with the equally evil but also evil in real life Kevin Sorbo Oh god (laughs) Oh no So is Superman and Lois as it is tentatively being referred to in these announcements going to be uh, a Lois and Clark reboot essentially but using this version of Superman and Lois It's it's Superman and Lois (laughs) and their baby Oh they're doing John because um, little John Kent, their last appearance on I think, I think it was on Supergirl was uh, Lois revealing that she was pregnant. Holy snapballs! So it's probably gonna be 
Oh yeah. Who plays Lois again? Uh, Lois is played by uh, Elizabeth Tulloch. Elizabeth Tulloch. Uh-huh. I've, got, I've got a hunch on this one. Just give me one second. Produced by Greg Belanti with Todd Helbing uh, is a showrunner who's been a regular creative on The Flash B- as B- an executive producer. Bitsy Tulloch she goes by. Is that, Bitsy is that right? T- Bitsy I don't know. Tulloch? I don't know. Bitsy, Bitsy Tulloch. Hello, it's me, Bitsy Tulloch. Yes, she is indeed Lois Lane. The, lo- um, the log line for it is, The world's most famous superhero and comic book's most famous journalist deal with all the stress, pressures and complexities that come with being working parents in today's society. Uh, okay, and Tyler Hoechlin. Tyler Hoechlin. Okay, right, here's a fact. Tyler Hoechlin. He's 32. Yes. She's 38 going on 39. Uh. Do you know what I love about that? They are confidently making the lead of one of these shows somebody who is going to turn 40 over the course of the first season. That's yeah. pretty freaking great. And a great. woman at that. Yeah, that is pretty freaking great. And they are framing her flat out as just like, yeah, no, she's, she is the romantic co-lead of this show. That's freaking great. I mean, look at them. Look at them. They look great. Look at those jawlines. He's amazing. He is amazing. And a fucking dish. Um, <laughs> with or without the wedges and the boots. Oh. To make that butt. A butt pop. does pop. <laughs> but I pop. I think he's a really charming low key Superman. He's the first Superman whose ass cheeks clap. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> speaking of clapping. Oh God, how's this segue going? I don't know. Um, <laughs> there will be no standing ovations for the Grudge reboot when it comes out in a few months. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so the Grudge no. reboot, the trailer's out. Produced by <laughs> Sam Raimi. Yay. Made by the director of... Something. Evil Dead Reboot and Don't Breathe? Is it Fanny Alvarez? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. You I'm say something. But my knowledge of The Grudge is based on one viewing of the 2002 The Sarah Michelle Gellar Western remake of the original Sarah, film. Sarah Michelle, to, 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 early 2000s. Uh, viewing it like once on Channel 4 late at night in the last 10 years. Because I was sort of too young to really be interested in it when it came out. But... You know, old enough to be like, yeah, I was, watch this at some point. I was sort of old enough to get caught up in that wave of American remakes of J-horror stuff. Kicked off with The but, Ring in 2002. Yeah. But also starting Oh, so The Grudge might have been 2004, then. I think it was. Um, um, <clears throat> and yeah, just... Just, yeah, that didn't... wave of films of, like, what's the premise of this? Ah, oh, who cares? It's got a spooky girl with long black hair in it. Oh, okay. Uh, director is Nicholas uh, Pesky. Or Pesce, or Pesce. Hmm. Uh, the trailer highlighted "Don't Breathe" and that's producer, de- producer oh. work. Um, ah, there you go. Okay. Um, past credits being "The Eyes of My Mother" in 2016 and "Piercing" in 2018, <clears throat> and also, and he was also the writer for those. He's also screenplay credited for "The Grudge." So this is a remake? Question mark. It's been. It's a remake of a remake. It's a it's a remake slash reboot, but I think it's set in the same. It's supposedly a sequel so, to the Sarah Michelle. So, like film. the Thing prequel is this is almost the same movie in a lot of ways as the Thing. Shares the name of the Thing, yeah, but is not actually a, a remake of the Thing. It's a prequel to the Thing. So this is this is set in the world like, of the Sarah Michelle Gellar film The Grudge. Will hit several of the exact same beats as The Grudge. But is actually a sequel to The Grudge. Like the Evil Dead reboot. <laughs> is well, a reboot of 
Evil Dead. Well. But also, allegedly, takes place in the same universe as Evil Dead. Well, was was going to yeah. be... Uh, take Was going to confirm be confirmed as to take place in the same universe, but they've left, they left it where it was. Yeah. So... Because the post credit scene is just a weird little Easter egg for I fans of the franchise. I watched it for the first time yesterday. Really? Yes. I Controversial opinion, folks. I really like it. I don't know if I really like it, but I quite liked it. I just, I just think, like, it's it's a beautiful sort of, like, it's a time machine. It's one of those remakes where it's like, here's how it's made on no money in 1970-whatever. Yeah. And here's how it's made on no money in 2013. The only thing that I didn't like about it is how humorless it is compared to the originals. But that allows it to be its own thing. True, but it, it veered closer to the original film for me. Because the original film isn't meant to be funny. Like, no, there's it's no just, intentional it's comedy. Just an... Its age has kind of made it funny. It's aging. Whereas Evil Dead 2 is basically slapstick. Oh, with God, blood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's bits in Evil Dead where Ash is put through the ringer. Yeah. But Evil Dead 2 is where they like go, fuck it. Throw the Three Stooges shit in there. Let's do it. Um, whereas the new one doesn't really have any of that. But I love the final confrontation in the mud. Yeah. Outside outside the there burning is some, cabin. There is some real fucked up shit in that movie. Mm. The, mm. the gore effects are incredible. And You're I, all going to die tonight. I am hoping that they do an Evil Dead with the grudge. Because if they can, you know, do, yeah. the, do a similar sort of tonal shift, but make it feel... A part, of a thing, yeah. but also a part the thing. of the original. Of the thing. Not of the thing, of a uh. thing. Um, <laughs> with the original, then I think I think Master of Big work. Damn Love on the thing. Go watch it on the I YouTube have. channel. I'm I trying have. to unsubtly plug that movie. <laughs> Maybe I'll do one on the 2011 the thing because I really like that movie. It's so bad. It's just it's got problems. Um, but yeah, <laughs> one of the films that's worse based on the more you learn about it. Yeah. Like but watching like, it, you just go, yeah, it's fine. It's a solid script. <laughs> Let's be honest. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead improves all things. Uh, yeah. Some um, thi- most things. She improves most things. You know what she's not improving? Because she's not in it. Go on. How's this segue going to work? HBO's Watchmen series. Which has begun, and I've seen the first couple of episodes of, and you've not seen yet. No. So this is a sequel to the comic book. It's a sequel to the comic book. Shares the name of the comic book. Shares the name of the comic book. There's a sequel to it, though. There's a sequel to it. But, like, it's also a reboot of the franchise, or at least the public awareness of the franchise of Watchmen. I guess. So this it's, is it's, a, so it's like The Grudge and The Thing and Evil Dead. This is a series that... <laughs> is it set present day? Yes. Unquote. Okay. But it looks retro because they explain that technology hasn't taken the same leaps in the Watchmen universe it has in the real world. Okay. Because of various socio-political factors stemming from... The existence of superheroes, <laughs> which I suppose Doctor you, Manhattan, you have to do a giant squid appearing in in Times Square. That's what I wanted to ask. New... So the book happened. The book happened. The graphic novel Watchmen. The graphic novel happened. Watchmen happened. So a giant squid attack happened. A giant squid attack happened. No. A, oh, it's gonna be bombs. A interdimensional invasion event. A transdimensional invasion event brilliant. happened. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, there is a load of. Apart, apart from uh, the stuff that's in the show, they have done the sort of equivalent of, you know, in each issue of the original Watchmen, you've got the back matter. Yeah. Which is like uh, newspaper clippings. Black or, Freighter. And... Uh, no, Black, Black Freighter's weaving in. Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah the kids it, reading it. Like, yeah. There's the stuff at the back which is of each issue, which is, you know, um, the psychiatrist report on Rorschach, newspaper mm. articles about 
um, political things that happened, a bit, uh, a bit of Hollis Mason's autobiography, all that stuff. Yeah. There is a website that HBO have been updating, which has got files that explain a lot of what's happened in the gap between yeah. Watchmen and so Watchmen. Not essential, but excellent supplemental. Excellent supplemental material. Good. And there's two bunches of that for each of the two episodes on there so far. Good. Um, I when shows used to do that. Mm. Like, have sites they updated as it went, so you would want to check back. And um, it's an interesting sequel so far. I'm not sure... This sort of... Uh, I guess two, but maybe with a third narrative thread in the first two episodes, I'm not sure how they're going to join them together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how they're going to tie that back into the original Watchmen. With some obvious exceptions, because there are there are certain character actors who we know are playing certain characters. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's just a thing of seeing how that ties in so with the rest of it. So, is Jeremy Irons Ozymandias? He has not been named as such on screen yet, but it is all but confirmed. Okay. Does he have his big weird doggo thing? No. Oh. Are we likely to see it stuffed in a cabinet in a secret lair at some point? Possibly. <laughs> okay. Uh, the cops are taking on the mantle of Rorschach? No. People pretending to be cops are taking on the mantle of Rorschach? No, the cops are wearing, like, it's different set, things. It's set they? in Tulsa. Yeah. It uses the real-life Tulsa massacre of the 1920s yeah. as a backdrop for racial tensions in Tulsa today because President Redford... Yes, President Robert Redford, serving his seventh and final consecutive term in office as President of the United States. Um, he granted reparations to the descendants of the Tulsa Massacre. The descendants of the survivors of the Tulsa yeah. Massacre. And that's, you know, inflamed racial tensions in the area. There was an event called the White Night, which is Christmas Eve 2016, where a bunch of this uh, white supremacist organization, which has adopted the sort of Rorschach imagery, called right. the Seventh Cavalry. Do you know what I like about that? They, this show is already de-glamorizing Rorschach as a character. Very smart like that. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'm, that, that why I'm so like surprised Jackie O'Haley's performance and obviously liking the book some moments that are like, oh, that's quite a badass moment turned him into like, oh, he's my yeah. favorite character. He's great. And it's like, he's not great though. Rorschach is not a nice person. Well, Rorschach does some good things, but Rorschach is ultimately you know, a homophobic, violent, misogynistic, yeah. like, racist well, little shit. This white supremacist organisation, <laughs> the 7th Cavalry, have adopted his sort of imagery yeah. and use his... Because his, yes. his journal has, of course, been published at this point. <gasps> of course! Although oh, yeah. it's, it's regarded by most as a bit of extreme white ring... white uh, Extreme right-wing looniness. Yeah. Um, Fuck. Oh, I'm so, so glad they've done that. Like... So knock it down a peg and remind people that this character is not someone you should aspire to be. There was this thing Jackie called Jackie O'Haley's excellent portrayal aside, of course. There was this thing called the White Knight where they attacked forty different policemen's households in Shit. one night in a coordinated attack and wiped out all but three of them. Fucking hell! Uh, two of which are two of the characters we get to meet in the mm. uh, the Angela King character, who is the <clears throat> our protagonist, the protagonist of the, of the yeah. series, as uh, Angela Abar slash Sister Knight. Um, oh, uh, she is sort of an off the book secret policewoman. Yeah, because she's retired, quote unquote. Does she host? Does she people. host dances? That uh, no, can attend. No, unfortunately, not. so she doesn't have a secret policeman's ball. No, oh. no secret policeman's ball. Shame, shame in a way. There, are, there are might you might see policeman's balls. You haven't yet. <laughs> but Do I you see know. some blue balls? 
Mm. Mm. Not okay. in the way you might expect. Because another thing that's beautiful about that book as well is these are not super-powered people, bar some exceptions. And obviously one of the biggest visual... Visual... Um, sort of triumphs of that book and of the Snyder adaptation and everything is Dr. Manhattan. They're he's not a very striking away, visual. They're not shying away from the existence of Dr. Manhattan and the impact he's had on this society. Good. Okay. He's very important. Because when I saw the trailers, I was like, okay, but there are also very big elements of the book he's, that it's, it would be weird for them not to acknowledge, like the giant squid attack, for example. He's, he's very important. The squids <clears throat> are early on mentioned. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, where was I? I think I'm going to have to... Do you know what I'm going to do? You're going to have to watch it. Because it's, it's on Now TV. It's on so, now TV. so it's going to be... It's HBO show, so it's on Now, so on now TV. So it's on Now TV, so each episode's going to have a life cycle of about a month. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is in the next week or two, I'm going to I'm gonna revisit the graphic novel. I'm going to give myself a cheeky little treat, and then I'm going to hit up the show. There are new episodes Just every Monday. Just in it. Because they'll be coming out while I'm um, in panto rehearsals as well, so I can, I could, that can be like my weekly check-in. So yeah, in the, in, the, in the aftermath of the White Knight, basically all the Tulsa police are now legally mandated to keep their identity secret and wear masks at all times. Oh, shit. So they sort of combined vigilantism. <clears throat> Is that what, like the smiley face, with the like yellow or something? They're, they're just plain yellow masks That's for most of them, yeah. but there are also, there are other police staff who have more um, distinct identities. Yeah. It's Tim Blake Nelson is looking glass who's got the silver mask. Yeah. And he's like the interrogation specialist. Okay. Uh, there's like a Russian expat um guy called Red Scare who's one of them. Um That's great. It's these sound like they're from the book. Yeah. It feel and it, it feels like it's it's set in that world more than Doomsday Clock does. <laughs> because the first thing Doomsday Clock does is fucking destroy the Watchmen universe and transplant a bunch of characters to the DC universe. Yeah. Whereas this is very much living with the consequences of everything that comes in the wake of Watchmen. Yeah. How it directly connects to that original narrative I've yet to see, but I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, Jeremy Irons isn't in it a huge amount so far. He's been teased. He does fucking own every moment he's on screen, though. The stuff with him... These DC fellas employed me for something and they <laughs> fucked it up twice. I thought I'd have a go at the, something where it'll be interesting. The, the stuff with him, it is just... But couldn't the father marry his son? Jeremy, stop no, talking! Stop, Jeremy, talking, stop Jeremy. talking, Jeremy! Just say what's on the page! Do the acting! Say what's on the page! <laughs> and when he says what's on the page, it's fucking marvellous. It's, um, it's, it's a bonkers series. It's really... Two episodes in, it's already very fucking weird. Am I right in saying it's Lindelof? It's Lindelof. So the landing could be fucking diabolical. People say he really fucking... He did really well with the leftovers. Yeah, so. I've, I've heard that too. I've heard that too. I Let's see. It's more leftovers than Lost. Because don't remember... Don't forget, it wasn't just him on Lost. True. Which is what people hold over his head a lot. Yeah. And like, and also it wasn't necessarily his rewrite. Lindelof wanted Prometheus. to open the mystery box. He yeah. wanted to open yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm hoping we get more opening of the box because we've got questions, <clears throat> not got many answers yet. But you know, JJ Abrams has just got a rotten fucking candy apple in a box somewhere, and he's like, "What could be inside?" Could be inside it's just the box? dripping from the bottom. <laughs> Opens it and it moves out of its own accord. Oh, so yeah, check out flies climb out of the gaps. Check out, uh, <laughs> check out the Watchmen series. It's do it, do it pretty, now. Two episodes in, it's pretty fucking great. Do it also now. has a soundtrack by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Oh so shit! So it fucking kicks. Okay. It 
fucking kicks, boy. I did not know that. It is. I didn't until I started watching the show. And then the music started. I was like, oh, this this sounds special. This sounds fucking great. Unfortunately, because the series is still ongoing, it's not on Spotify yet. But you can bet once that shit is on Spotify, it'll be in my heavy rotation. Because man, oh man, it good. Um, Shall we move on to tonight's main? Let's move on course? to the main topic. The main I think um, you spoiler-free thoughts super brief because, because you've heard really mine. talk about this movie without going into yeah. spoilers. Um, guys, They've done girls, it. folks. We're going to talk about Terminator Dark Fate in detail. Uh, tiny bit of background, spoiler free, and then we're going to move on and we'll give you a warning. Um, they did it! Damn you! <laughs> I wasn't excited for this movie at all because it's a Terminator sequel released after T2. I was cautiously excited for it. Yeah. Cautiously. Um, the first, Very The cautiously. first trailer certainly got my interest. With that brilliant, like, I'm going hunting. Like, the tone of that trailer was like, this is wonderfully bleak. Weird, dark cover of a Bjork song, which is probably already weird and dark, because it's fucking Bjork. <laughs> God. What? True. Um, I don't but know. Like, what I like about the original is how bleak and hopeless it feels. What I like about T2 is the fact that it, you know, there's loads of things to love about T2. It's one of the greatest action movies ever made, but, it, it, like, every action set piece informs you of something. There is no fate but what we make. Boomting was the final line, if I remember correctly. She turns yeah. out the camera says, Boomting. Boom she drops ting. a mic and the credits roll. Walks up. Um, <laughs> and then goes off to do T2 3D. Yes! Which is canon! Which is canon! T2 3D is still canon. It's still There is nothing in this that contradicts T2 3D. In fact, if anything, something at the beginning of this implies that events happened after number two like events continued to happen so mm. i completely believe that some time traveling termination mm. shenanigans happened because the t1 million is too cool to ignore it's, cool it's basically it's basically a sentinel from matrix cool is a strong it's word. a sentinel from matrix but i've bigger. seen that thing it mm. i've seen it in 3d oh. and it was a thing um those actors mimed very well to the dialogue that was being said. I thought they so. mimed. Yeah. Oh, I love it. They didn't get people to try and sound. No, oh, they mimed because there are video bits within it with Linda Hamilton and um, yeah, yeah, old Eddie Furlong. Eddie Furlong. Yeah, yeah, and and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So they pre-recorded the dialogue that would be spoken by the live actors, but the live actors were always enough of a distance from you that it wasn't like that person's miming. It's like cool, like fair enough. It was really fun. I got, also, to, see, I got to see it before it disappeared forever. And for distance from you that you could you could squint and go, oh yeah, that that might be Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, it full it's not. It's totally not. Um, <laughs> wait, um, wait, that guy's black. <laughs> Terminator <laughs> Dark Fate is a. <laughs> you know, Universal actually do that, and they don't care. And I kind of, no, I kind of respect that's, that. That's they do cool. the thing. They do the thing where if people are playing characters in certain scenarios and setups, they don't care if the ethnicity's different to how it is in the film they just go with it like they did a Ghostbusters thing throughout the 90s and I watched some versions of it online and there's one where Walter Peck's just a tall African American guy and they yeah. don't they don't say anything but it's just he's playing Walter Peck and you're like sure still has no dick okay like he goes for he, he, he's <laughs> proper sort of creepy William Atherton like you know he's got the he's got like the character down pat and they don't acknowledge it and you're like sure this is great I'm happy for you guys well done mm. well done and anyone mm. who has a problem with it seriously rethink your life choices 
Um, like the people who are mad at this movie, but we'll carry on with that. Uh, so, this is a sequel to T2. Yes. Completely ignoring Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines, yep. Terminator Salvation, and Terminator Jinri Swice. So he completely ignores Terminator 3, Terminator 3, and Terminator 3. So this is Terminator 3, not four. in 3D. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this, is the fourth, this is the fourth threequel. Well, no, because... Fifth threequel, if you Sal- count 3D. Salvation is technically Terminator 4. Because it doesn't contradict anything in Rise of the Machines. And it carries over Kate Brewster. It does, yeah. So it's Pro. technically Terminator 4, I guess. And also they take great pains in that. For when you see the ter- the T-800 toward the end, it looks like Arnie does in the 84 yeah. movie. Like, they really try to match it. Hey, they did the same thing in Terminator Genesis. Yeah. But so basically this is... This is the third Terminator 3. It's Terminator Cubed. This is the... Essentially. This is the Superman Returns entry. Yeah. This is the... Oh, that other shit. Forget that. This is the third entry. And you want to know the most shocking thing of all, about all that? It's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I actually it's, really it's, liked it's, it. It's, it is... It's, it's not the strongest of what is now the trilogy. No. But not by a long shot, but it is definitely not a poor movie. Put it this way. It I... doesn't fuck up the world or the premise that it's from. It makes one choice that I really don't like, which we'll get into in yeah. spoilers. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 aside from that, it's like, yeah, this fits. This fits in tonally. This makes sense in terms of the ongoing narrative of those films, if you think of Sarah Connor as your main character of the, of the trilogy, yeah. this completely makes sense for her. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, it's, the action's pretty fucking solid. Yeah. Aside from sort of one sequence in the hangar of an airplane, which I felt could have been done a lot more deftly in places. There's, there's a couple the, the of moments. The action gets lost a bit in, in the... Look at how this is one shot on quote. Yeah. It's like, we can't see what's happening. There's a couple of moments where you get that elastic CGI person thing. Yes. But that's just an unavoidable... Yeah, there's some bad CGI in the of... first half of it. That's... That... Not not terrible, but... Oh, that is CGI kind of CGI. But, you can see it. Yeah. Like, it's a like, shame. Like Sam Raimi Spider-Man CGI, hey. where it's rubbery, rubbery hey. people. But, hey, uh, we'll meet again, Spider-Man. Like Blade 2 CGI. Oh! <gasps> Um, Love you, Guillermo. No, it's not. It's not like it's just like oh. No. But I mean, this is Tim Miller's mm. second film, as a yeah. That that was the thing that impressed me the most. This but you can also tell movie. that he has brought all of the chops he had from doing visual effects, all the CG game and visual cinematics. effects work. Yeah, he's brought all that. That's why the action in this looks <clears throat> really, really good, and it's it's fairly inventive as well. Like it's it's not just doing the same Terminator beats to like, okay, well, these are the capabilities of these characters, so how can we use them to do something interesting yeah. with them fighting each other? Um, as opposed to it just being like, it's going to smashy-smashy and smashy-smashy and smash you through a wall and smashy-smashy, like Terminator 3. Oh, yeah, smashy-smashy. Um, smashy-smashy. Um, like Terminator Genesis, which is like, oh, it's a, we're going to shoot it with a gun. Our five core cast members are really good. Yes. Like, they're really good. Really um, good. Danny is played by... Natalia Reyes. Natalia Reyes. She's fantastic. The The script forgets her a bit in the second act, but she is never the reason why the character feels a bit yeah. bleh. It's, it, gra- it's just the story. It's great because you just get to see her... She actually does have an art, even though she... You watch she her does go have from, an art, You watch her grow. You, wa- you, wa- you watch her go from, like... 
it, it, it's it's a mirror to Sarah Connor in the first movie. Yeah. But she tips into into T2 Sarah yeah. Connor by the end. You see her take that same journey. Yeah. Um and you see sort of like that turning point moment. Like if you want if you wanted to watch a character go through the you're terminated fucker moment again Ugh. and done well, she absolutely nails it. She you feel for her throughout the entire first act and you like are delighted with her her journey and her actions in the third act. Because that first act is really a whirlwind as well because you don't act... It's not until the end of the first the f- act. The first act, the, the first 25 minutes specifically, are a remake of Terminator. Well, you don't slash get... Terminator 2. Until the end of that first act, you don't get a chance to actually sit down, breathe, mm. and have the characters actually tell you what's going on. Yeah. It just doesn't stop for yeah. that first 25 minutes. It's like, oh, okay, we're just moving. We're just moving. Okay, all right, we're going, we're going, we're going. We're doing it as we go along. There isn't okay. There isn't so much of a ticking time bomb, like ticking clock element like the first Terminator where it's which one is going to get to her first, Kyle Reese or the T-800. Yeah. In this one it is. Both of the both of the things that are out to find her arrive at the exact same moment yeah. on the same damn day. Yeah. And... She has either got to put her trust in this complete stranger, or she has got to risk her life and probably die. And let, let's talk um, about those two strangers. So we've got first we've got Mackenzie Davis as Grace. She is so good in She's this. She's so good. I fucking loved her. She was brilliant. Uh, Grace is an augmented human. Yeah. Who is um is our Kyle Reese? Yeah. Uh, for this Kyle for Reese this piece. XP. Um, Grace has been sent back to protect Danny and. Because Danny's role within unfolding events is important. Sound familiar, everybody? Of course yeah. it does. Uh, Grace is augmented, so she's not a machine, but she comes from a future where you have to obviously be calculated yeah. and cold to deal with stuff. She's so got... she gets to skirt that line of like playing somebody who has yeah. who's let go of everything, but is also more human than she lets on and yeah. ha- she's... has to deal with that. She's still human at heart. Mm. Haha. But she's got, um, yeah, she's got like subdermal armor, enhanced strength. Yeah, which is a nice um, touch. Like a, it she's works got a, really well. Like built-in heads-up display, and also a really cool character design moment where you you see her in the light properly, and you realize that she's got this it's intricate in network really of scars, scars. Yeah, where she's clearly had all this work done, and um, yeah, it's. We also get um, the the Rev Nine. The Rev Nine. That's it. Apparently named after Revelations. Chapter nine or whatever okay. in the Bible, which is basically about the end of the world and Fair. like death coming to us all. So it's like, yeah. oh, that's cool. This uh, is our new Terminator played by Diego Luna, who is so good. Just and, Pat, and like, uh, what's his name from the second one? Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick yeah. He's Robert Patrick Good, and also has the Robert Patrick run. There's two shots yeah. in it where he is pelting it well, and he's what, doing the arms and I'm like oh that is such a great performance choice what is neat about the Diego Luna Terminator is we actually get to see an infiltration unit be an infiltration unit yeah it, it's, it's actually way we, better than any of the other Terminators at, at yeah. interacting with Robert, people Robert Patrick's gave us a version of that before but yeah. this one is like this guy does not start swinging his bladed arms around unless it's the moment and then it's right all out gonna do it yeah. did we get it wrong no slink away hide infiltrate again and, and it works really well there's one th- there's one aspect of it that they introduced that then they never showed us in the movie and I was really sad about that are we gonna get to that in spoilers y- yeah okay, okay. They, they, they suggest it being something really cool then they never show it and I was like don't don't throw up Chekhov's okay. gun and then never fire it okay we'll get to that um, but he's um, great and, and he is a and he's an endoskeleton 
with a liquid metal exterior. So like the T-1000, he can slop and grow appendages and things yeah. like that. But unlike the T-1000, he's not like... The T-1000 is like overpowered compared to this version of liquid. Yeah. But it leads to some really interesting visual stuff. Yeah, the liquid metal covering, can, as you see in the trailer, it can become its own sort of autonomous mm. unit. Yeah. Apart from the endoskeleton, which leads to like some the endoskeleton sort of like ha- the endoskeleton it sort of implies subtly the endoskeleton has to survive. Yeah. Like that's the core of yeah. this thing. Um but they can be separate. It's like it's like if a Terminator had a symbiote. Yeah. And well, it works really well. And it works with the design because you see the design of the endoskeleton, it's got that massive divot in its head. Yeah, where, you can see where it stores all this extra yeah. mass. Yeah. Um that when it's cool. combined. That's it's really neat. Um, and he's brilliant. Like just little things like the, the sort of the his slight accent changes when he's dealing yeah. with different authority figures. Yeah. It's like, just when he's dealing with the cops and he's just asking him about, like, oh, I was praying for my this, that, and the other. And it's like, he, yeah, he, he adopts he, a slight southern kind of voice he when he's talking about them. his personality so quickly yeah. to to who he's trying to deal with and what he's trying to do rather than just, in like we've seen in previous Terminator films, of these supposed infiltration units just murdering their way to the objective. Yeah. It's not always the best way to get what you want, but yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it's it's cold in the first one, it's scary in the second one, Yes, yeah. they're like, we've, we've done we've done that, we just need him to yeah. be intimidating, and the way best way to do that is to creep into people's lives and, and blend in. Yes. Um, and he, do, he does excellently with that. And of course, because of the manner of, of the Terminator that he is, it means that you can essentially do a lot of really interesting gore without ever actually doing yeah, gore, yeah. which was really cool. We get to do some fun stuff. Arnie will talk about in spoilers. Yes. Because Arnie is in the movie, as you probably noticed from the trailers and the posters and everything. And I don't think is he been... playing a character from a previous movie? No. Yeah. But you've obviously seen versions of, of yeah. these characters before. Like, he's yeah. not, you know, he's never played the same Terminator Ever, as far as I'm aware. No, no. Because, um, yeah, because Genesis is a... Well, he has played the same one, as in, like, he's reprised the role of, like, the original one twice. Digitally in Salvation. Yeah. And, and then... Also digitally in this. Digitally in Genesis, but that was reusing scenes from the other one. It was a body double with his face. <clears throat> yes. Which, they use the same body double for this. Deepfake! Yes. Ah, yes. Ah, yeah. um, um, but we'll go into him later, but Linda Hamilton, God, it's good to see you oh, Returning as a very jaded, very cynical Sarah Connor. Bringing that Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween 2018 big dick energy. Oh, she's so to good. To the part. Uh, all hail older action stars being... Uh, older female action stars leading up these tempo blockbusters. And she's genre just flicks. so sour and cranky and... I would not be surprised if off the back of this being sort of the second of this kind, yeah. I would not be surprised if we suddenly got an announcement that there's an alien film coming out with Sigourney Weaver in it. <laughs> I would not be surprised. I don't know. I think Ridley Scott's killed off that Blomkamp project. Well, true. But I, it, well, I wouldn't surprise. When did we last hear any news of the Covenant follow-up? Oh, fucking hell, yeah. I would hope... Uh, yeah, I, I, I would like that. I would yeah. like that. And, and I'd be fucking daring. Make it Ripley 8. Keep the continuity. I double fucking dare you. That is a that's a fucking bold move right there. True, but then the original Ripley gets to die nobly as she always did. Listen, it did not work for Aliens versus Predator versus Terminator. Oh yeah, because that never happened. (laughs) But but even Ash versus Freddy versus Jason got a comic book adaptation. Oh no, Aliens versus Predator versus Terminator happened. Did it happen? It's a comic book. 
It is a comic book. Is Ripley in it? It's Ripley 8. It's a sequel to Alien Resurrection. Has there been Terminator versus uh, Robocop? Twice. Two different versions. Fucking hell. Well, speaking of uh, <laughs> two different versions, I think I think we do need to get into spoiler territory to talk yes. more about stuff. Uh, Linda Hamilton is great. Linda What's Hamilton really great. good about this movie is that it is a movie about how no one is perfect. No one is what they are apparently meant to be. No one is... No, no one person can make a difference. Like, the moral of this film seems to be that if humanity, in this case displayed by this group, actually fucking work together, they might achieve something. Yeah. But if they don't, they are screwed. No character in this is is without flaws. Our, our four, uh, three, but four, as we'll go into spoilers, protagonists are all nowhere near as well equipped as they at least two of them believe to be yeah. for this situation and it's only in working together do they actually get shit done and that was kind of nice it sort of felt like this film had a message in an arc that they all shared yeah which was cool and it's almost like it's a message that you know if we don't are strong together, and important that people don't seem to like if we don't work why. together it will be a dark fate oh um, anyone who has a trouble with this movie being about Three strong female leads. Seriously, look at <laughs> your fucking fuck look like... at your fucking life. Seriously, come on. These people are like, oh, they've cooked the Terminator. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Have you seen any have previous seen movie in this ter- franchise? Have you seen the Terminator? The movie where <laughs> the perm-haired, softy waitress <laughs> character kills the unstoppable robot in the end because that's her freaking arc in the film. And I quote: "You're terminated, fucker." Fuck Oh, what's that in the second movie? We catch up to her and she spent the last like fifty years becoming a boss, a bodybuilding, oh, muscle-bound badass. Like, have you seen these movies? I, I, I couldn't. It's I like couldn't people... help but notice that the moment the first like the first wind I got off this was you posting your spoiler free yeah, review yeah. On, on the big damn channel on YouTube. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah, yeah. It's on and YouTube. when you did, while you're there, give us thumbs up and Touch like it. and subscribe and all that Touch stuff. Seriously, it helps the algorithm. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. Um, you you got a load of thumbs down on first viewing. Like, within the first yeah. hour of that video going up. And I was like, why? What the hell have you said? So I, like, yeah. re-watched your review. And I was like, you don't say anything about the controversial. And then a comment came through saying, like, the Cookinator. Oh, yeah, it yeah. Was like, it's like, oh. 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 That's the sort of oh. crowd we're dealing with here. Oh, they okay. don't like the fact that the film has got the women in it. So stupid. <laughs> it's like, what? It's so stupid. I the, don't understand it. the two previously universally celebrated Terminator movies... Neither of them have had a male protagonist who is the sole lead of the film. Yeah. Neither of them. Linda Hamilton has been the lead of both Terminator and Terminator 2. I mean, they've been marketed on Schwarzenegger. With a co-star, Michael Bean and uh, Eddie Furlong. And Schwarzenegger is the antagonist slash surprise Surprise protagonist! In T2. So it's like, why why do they... What films are they doing? Doctor Who's never been political. Have you ever watched it? People have been coming out and review bombing the new Watchmen series because it's too political. No, the people who are complaining about the new Watchmen series... Have you ever read Watchmen? But guaranteed, you'll also notice casually racist sentiments from the same well, people it's almost as if the a people... series that is is heavily written directed by and mostly stars african-american performers angela king fucking mm-hmm. brilliant in this i just I, fucking I've, got awesome. no, I've got no time for these sort of people anymore it's fucking ridiculous i think the, the great thing about watchmen is it's got its take that built in to yeah. the people who hate it for being socially conscious yeah in the seventh cavalry people who don't like the show don't realize that they are the people the seventh cavalry is mocking yeah 
Yeah. They just... What? Yeah. But anyway, back to, back to Terminator Salvation. Uh, Terminator Salvation? Terminator no. Dark Fate. Um, no. Terminator Dark Fate. Let's get into spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers, um, spoilers, spoilers. If you want emails, scribble ahead later, yeah. folks. But I just recommend going to see the film. It's a genre movie out in the period before the Christmas stuff starts to creep in over November. You've probably only got about another two weeks to see it. Go it's see a, it. It's a good Terminator sequel. It's and I don't mean great. I don't mean in the way that, you know... I like Terminator 3, but it isn't very good. I mean, this is actually good. Talk to the hand. <laughs> I like Terminator 3. It's not good. It's not good, but I like it. The ending is great. Yes. The ending true. is the depressing ending is as fuck. The ending is good. Um, um, but yeah, so, they don't waste any fucking time in this, do they? No. They fucking kill John Connor straight away. <laughs> that, was my, that was my one big problem with the story. Because I felt like that could have been revealed to us later in the narrative. I guess. Considering Sarah was a character that our main characters meet and encounter for the first time during their journey. Yeah. I would have preferred to have found out later. Because I think that would have been more of a shock. Like, oh god, yeah. I never once thought, where's John during the marketing? Like, oh my god. Um... So that was a bit of a shame for me. I just thought, I just I thought think... it was a bit too sudden, especially because it happened, and then we didn't see Sarah again for another 25, 30 minutes. For me, I think they wanted to frame it as it's... I think they wanted to get the The, the dark future still happens. Yeah, I think they wanted to get the connection Judgment Day was to... not avoided, it was just delayed. Yeah. And now um, it's not Skynet anymore, it's now Legion. That was, yeah, that, that, and, that was the thing that's... that led to me not enjoying that as much, because I was like, wait... So, because there's a scene where... This is where the script was weak. There was a scene where they just almost flat out be like... What's Skynet? It's called Legion. It's this, and it's like... It, it does huh? kind of make sense, it, though, because... It, it does, but it just it sort was... of sucked that the idea was like, this thing never happened, but this thing happened anyway, yeah. and it created relatively similar creatures and but beings, it gets... and used a similar method. To, and it's like... Eh. But it, I think it gets into the idea eh. of certain things just being inevitable. Like, the circumstances True, of yeah. them, you can change. I mean, I... But I think actual, I would. But, I think I would have bought it more if Legion was born out of the ashes of Skynet. Yeah, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Like just yeah. a suggestion that you killed it, but you didn't kill the seed. That seed well, was think, still planted. I think that is the implication. Yeah, they don't go into it, but especially like, because the the, the Rev Nines yeah. endoskeletons look like a lightweight T eight hundred. It's like there's no matter what you do, you'll always get. To a version stage. of Skynet. Um, this comes up in, uh, you know, I've been reading the Jonathan Hickman House of X, Powers of X. Yeah. And he gets into the idea that no matter Ooh. what mutants do, there will all, like, there will always be sentinels. Yeah. Sentinels, artificial intelligence, will always emerge at a certain point in, in human history. Be it just, governmental, just, be it yeah. a radical, like, it's someone's going to It's just going to happen. You, can, yeah. you can change the hows and whys a bit, but it, it is always going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's what they're kind of going for with this. Um, it's interesting that both James Cameron and the dude who did the Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show mm-hmm. uh, have credits on this. Have yes. story credits. Yes. Um, Which, again, I like, because with the, with the dawning of this movie... Sarah Connor Chronicles doesn't exist anymore either. No. Like, that is out of continuity now. Which, you know, people... I mean, Keith really likes it. Sarah Connor Chronicles was set pre-T2, right? No, it's set post-T2. Post-T2. But, um... Is John in it? John is in it. Oh, yeah. And... But they they jump forward in time. Mm Mm-hmm. So they get... The the Resistance sends tech back to post-T2. Mm-hmm. So Sarah and John can jump from, like, 99... Mm. to like the mid 2000s 
<clears throat> okay. Just in an attempt to sort of like, here's a five year blackout period where you guys weren't here, so anything they send back is gonna come yeah. up, come up empty and not kill you. But also like here is now we don't have to make everything look six years older than it actually is. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes <laughs> now sense. We, now we don't have to do all the nineteen ninety nine period stuff in this. Some Glau made for a pretty decent Terminator as well. Uh, well, yeah, good. yeah. Um, it's um, the whole thing of Cameron. There's some cool stuff with Cromartie, who's the the first Terminator they come across. Who's got like the highest grin in his leg, and he gets his skin blasted off, and has to re-roll his skin and all that cool stuff. That's good. But anyway, that we get so, into so in this year um, we, we begin with a flashback to 1998. So it's yes. the year after uh, the year when after Judgment, Judgment Day was Day. meant to happen. And I think that Judgment Sarah and John are like in Tallulah or something. Guatemala. Guatemala. I think T two takes place in '94. Yes. So this is like four years after T2. Uh, I don't know, actually, because John See, I looks don't super know. young still. John looks almost the same as he does in... And Eddie Furlong's involvement, as we talked about yeah. before, they confirmed that he was involved in the movie, and yeah. now we know what it was. It was reference. It was yeah. referencing. So he will have probably done photo referencing, they do... acted out the motions so that they could kind of use that as a point of reference for the young actor who stands in for him. Yeah. With, of course, fake, uh, digital, face fake replacement. digital face replacement. Which is the same thing they do for Arnie with the same body double they use for Genesis. Yeah. And Lynn Hamilton gets digital and face Hamilton. replacement on an actor as well who was a stunt double for the move, for this movie, yes, I believe. I think so. um, um, and again, it's T2 era Linda Hamilton. And, and, a, uh, and a different actor provides John's voice. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like him. The, 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 well, like the, the two lines much, you hear, uh, it's like, oh, that, that yeah. sounds like him. Um, this CGI was... <sighs> it looked good... But the whole sequence looked like a video game cutscene. Like it looked like an amazing Xbox One cutscene. Well, it had sort of it had sort of a dreamlike quality to it. It to did, it, which I feel is like intentional, it did, but it's, it's, it's supposed to be a memory. I just, I it's one of those where I feel like if they had a bit more money, because this was a low budget film as well. Oh yeah, yeah. If, if it had a bit more money, they could have polished that so it was yeah. perfect. But it it wasn't quite there because then it jumps to present day. Yeah, and the actual sort of. Just the stock, as it were, of how everything looked yeah. suddenly looked clearer. And it was like, oh, okay. The Terminator looks really good in that flashback. That looks yeah. like late 90s Arnie. Yeah. And I love the idea as well. This and it's just so brutal. They prevented, they prevented Judgment Day, but that future timeline still existed at that point. At least. Yeah. Like, that future still exists in some way. Because they never go into the idea of timelines veering off in this no. series. But the notion is that that timeline still exists... Either because it's delayed, Judgment Day is delayed, or because it hasn't disappeared from existence yet, yeah. or it's its own timeline. They don't go into it, but they essentially imply that just because Judgment Day was delayed doesn't mean the uh, Skynet forces weren't going to still attempt. Yeah, they just kept to stop because, of course, back. like John, regardless of whether or not Skynet is delayed or stopped, John is still going to be leading the human resistance. Yeah. So we take John out and. Our logic dictates that's fine. So a Terminator rocks up to this beach and just shotgun blasts John Connor in the chest. You see a child get shot in the chest. Just fucking unloads into this kid. And then double taps his torso. Like gives him another one, doesn't he? And then just fucking walks off. That's the guy just drops the gun, leaves. You notice that that's the shotgun Sarah has later which, when she first yes, turns up. Yes, yes. Um, he just drops it and leaves because that was his objective. And it's... And then you later find out that um, Sarah, in the intervening years, has been has been killing Terminators. Yeah, like first she, she first she wanted yeah. answers, and she was doing it on her own back as best she could. Yeah, 
And then one day she started getting, so presumably at least 10 years after those events. Yeah. Oh, well, it could have been like five, six years after those events. She started getting texts. And these texts would just give her coordinates, a date, a time, and would say, for John. Yeah. And she showed up to her first one, and a Terminator arrives to do whatever shit that Terminator's there to do. Yeah. Because again, they don't go into that, but the implication is Skynet is, it keeps is trying to secure its... Although it turns out she might not have been fighting necessarily Skynet. Yeah, at some point it would have been she Legion might, Terminators. She might have been fighting Legion ones. Or maybe even there was something else in between in the, in the, mm. in the, as the timeline kept, kept changing. So they kept sending people back to do stuff and prevent things, and Sarah has... I think they imply that she's been successful in every single yeah. one of them. Yeah, yeah. She's been killing these Terminators, and then like a year later, two years later, she gets another text. She goes to that place, a Terminator arrives... She kills it. Yeah. She she's de- the hint that her develop her her develop technique is the kill box scenario. Yeah. Like she gets to the place, she rigs it ready, and then she kills the shit out of Terminator. Yeah. She's of course on the most wanted list. She's on the land. <laughs> she's wanted in in a couple of states. Look, all fifty. <laughs> she keeps her, she keeps her cell phone in an empty bag of potato chips because she likes potato chips. Yeah, because apparently the foil will block it out. <laughs> Great line later. The whole like if you want to keep your phone in a bag of potato chips. Keep it in the bag of potato chips. <laughs> yeah. Because, of course, she can be tracked every time she takes it out. She hasn't yeah. really thought about that. Um, but the police haven't been after her, which is decent. She, We learn over the course of the movie that she survived because she's ended up getting military connections, that she's either bribing or has convinced, like, no, but, what I'm doing is important. Yeah. You need to keep people off my that, back. That also goes back to pre-T2, because yeah. that was uh, what John remembers of his time with her before she was institutionalised is... That she would move from partner to partner, yeah. each one being like ex-military or whatever, and learning whatever she could from them, and then moving yeah. on. So she's, yeah, the she's uh, a gold star fucker. The, yes, <laughs> the implication is that she's just sort of worked her way through all these uh, military uh, folks who have on various levels of the chain of command. So she does have some allies in high places, um, as we later see. And, and booty calls to take advantage of. Apparently. And booty calls. Um, um, although at this part it's probably more a case of like, I'll tell everyone you have a little dick unless you get me this thing. <laughs> oh, God damn it, okay. And coming from this, you know, growly <laughs> Sarah, God, you fucking believe it. She's like, the, the, the fucking weight of what's of what she's gone through, like Linda Hamilton wears it so oh, well. Oh, God, yeah. Because Linda, Linda Hamilton has a very striking um, look. Like, uh, especially back, I mean, I think T2, T2, yeah, that is probably the most fanciable action star of that decade. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, she's got a very, a very distinct look, and the way she has naturally aged, she's kind of weathered. She's got a lot yeah. more wrinkles and this, that, and the other. And they don't shy from that. They, they fucking go double down. It's well, like, yeah, they weather you are even playing more with the short, hanging, crop gray hair. So they go for the crop gray. They obviously go for minimal makeup for the movie, so that they really kind of just show the idea of this woman has lived a fucking life. Yeah. And in real life, Linda Hamilton has been through some shit in yeah. the last couple of decades, yeah. and they they use that like she unashamedly is like, "Yep, boom, this is what I'm going to bring to the character." It definitely feels like the same woman we met in T two. Yeah. Um, but one whose mission, which was clear. Difficult but clear, has been ripped away from her, and more importantly, so has her goddamn son. Yeah, and she's lost that purpose. And you get that there's great a, scene. A wonderful moment, yeah, where she sat yeah. on the thing and she's like, "I'm, I don't have any photographs of him. Like, I, I somehow convinced myself when I was younger and when he was a kid, yeah, that if we didn't have photographs of him, the machines would never learn what he looked like because they'd never be able to find records and go yeah. back. And now I'm starting to forget his face. 
That's that's horrifying. It's horrible. And she's got like she's shaded up at that point, so like she's completely covering that she's not you yeah. she's they're not letting you see anything, but you feel it. And you feel the... the weight of how much that is. Because again, it's that sort of implication based on how old Sarah Connor would be, because this film's set in twenty twenty. Yeah. It's like yeah, if she's probably not doing very well up there in a way. She's also advancing in age. Yeah. Like, this is horrifying. Like, her life was ripped from her. She's used that as a catalyst to do everything she's done since. Because essentially what she's doing is, she's... How to put it? She climbed, like, obviously not the simple or victorious. She climbed Everest at, Everest at 18. She peaked, but um, Tish. Hey. What's left? Well, she's going to fucking tell people stories about Everest. Or in this case, she saved humanity, and then everything got taken from her. So what's she gonna do? She's gonna just fucking shoot robots whenever they show up. Yeah. Not because it's she doesn't. She's not doing it because she's like, I'm gonna help save the world. She's like, no, fuck it. She doesn't know how to do anything. A else. robot killed my son. Yeah. That is all I'm good at. So I'm just gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna keep killing him. I'm gonna keep killing robots. Um. And then you find out where those technologies <clears throat> have been coming from. Yes. Uh, because she managed to. I think she manages to figure out. No, that's it. Grace gets hold of the phone, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. She's like, she cracks open. She's like, would well, you know where they text from? It's like, no, it's an encrypted number. No caller ID. I'll never find out. She takes um, Sarah's phone, cracks the back open, which I thought was brilliant because obviously it's just necessity. Yeah. But it made me laugh because it's like, yeah, you can't just open a fucking phone no. anymore. So quickest way to do it, crack the back open, take yeah. the SIM card out, do this out and the other. And she's like, what are you doing? She just went, future, future shit. That's a great line. <laughs> like, yes. Great fucking line. Because the audience are the audience definitely know. It's like, yeah, this she's, is, she's gonna do something. Like, I no think need this to is explain what, it. This is what this movie gets right over the other the other pre- the other prequel the other prequels. The other sequels are so concerned with the mechanics of what's happening yeah. and what the new plot is and what the new plan is and it's not important. No. What's important is how the characters respond <laughs> to the situation. That's what this film gets right with the stuff like Sarah Connor reflecting on how how life has changed since the Sunday with the, like oh we could have some techno babble thing and people not just future shit future You're doing shit. future shit. Grace triangulates where the signal is, gets the coordinates, and lo and behold, those coordinates are tattooed on her stomach. Yeah, and she's been now. This is where I was like, that's a bit unclear. She's been told that if it goes to shit, yeah, that's where she needs to go for backup. Yeah, and the same coordinates, which I'm like, who told her that? But now, obviously, by the end of the movie, it's like, well, Danny did. Yeah. Danny put that there to make sure that they got to that location. Because yeah. the, the whole twist you get with Danny is, is she's not... It, it, we, ne- yeah. we never see it, but it's implied that the the, the general, the commander. she saved the commander, is Danny. Yeah, because we get that future war flash They never forward. confirm it, but it's yeah. like, it's a lady, clearly, from one shot. Yeah. She's heavily bandaged. She's fucked up. And Grace is doing everything she can to save her. Yeah. And that's when she volunteers for the Augment program. Yeah. Um, so it's like, that is clever. So there's some John Connor level stuff with Danny of yeah. like, she knows how the past goes, but just in case things yeah. can go differently, she's going to put this here and this here and this here so that those things happen. And it's the case that, so everyone's <clears throat> expecting Danny to be it, yeah, the it, new Sarah because she's a woman, but it's not about no, who she... Danny's the leader Danny. of the resistance. Danny is the new John. She is... So, the, but the idea is that every, t- and then the idea goes forward that every time a successor to Skynet pops up, a successor to John will pop up. There will always be someone or several people yeah. who will manage to rally people together. Yeah. And it's because of their experience. Ironically, in all cases, T2 and this, it's because of, and Team Terminator 1, yeah. it's because of their 
assassination attempts made yeah. on their life that they are prepared to actually lead. So Skynet and like, then Legion. Skynet seal their own doom. It creates its own, yeah, it creates yeah. its own nemesis. Um, um, so, yeah, uh, uh, they, we'll get, we'll, get to, we'll get to the coordinates in a moment. I just want to talk about Danny. She's great. She's so good. She is so good. And that's where I said there was a smoking gun that they didn't, they didn't pull the trigger. There was a Chekhov's gun they didn't actually fire. So, the, the Rev-9 goes to see her father. Yeah. And then her father, scare quotes, comes to the factory to find her and her brother. Yeah. And when uh, Grace shoots her dad down and it starts to obviously transform back into its normal form, um, she makes a point of, like, your father's dead. And when they're driving away, your father's yeah. dead. Um, she's like, that's, like, it, she's like, I need to go back to see him. And she says, he's not, he's not there, he's dead. It's like, he's not going to get a pro- I think she, that's the first time she says he's not going to get a proper burial or reference it. And she's yeah. like, no, honestly, there won't be enough left. They have to make contact to do that, implying that to look exactly like someone. This isn't like the T-1000 where it can yeah. just look like someone. The implication here is they don't have that technology yet uh, for it to just flawlessly look like another person. Yeah. So it has to kind of take some of their DNA or something to kind of get it right. Yeah, yeah. It's so a the, biological element. And she's saying it's, it doesn't leave enough behind. So it implies that it does something fucked up to people to shapeshift into them. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. We're in Body Snatcher's territory of, oh no, it just flat out replaces you. Um, it sucks that we never saw that used again at any I imagine that would just a effects thing. They probably had an idea to do it. <laughs> yeah. Because you get that scene later on where he is disguised as the I mimic female. someone's voice. Yeah. He uses someone's voice. But you get that scene later on where he's, he's disguised as the female drone pilot. Yes. You yeah. don't see him change. Yeah. It's only after he That's breaks cover. Like, I, I, it's, what, so it's, I am, what, it's one gore element I would have liked I would, to have seen. I would be interested to know if there's a deleted scene where he takes over that drone pilot. Yeah. Um, but that's still a great reveal, though. The fact that mm, he's... Yeah. When he's revealed to be disguised as the female drone pilot, he's already yeah. done that. So you don't need... That adds a bit of tension. It's like, okay, well, we're going to... Now we're in a situation where this film isn't afraid to show us after the fact that he's infiltrated somewhere. We don't have to see the sort of mechanics of how he gets there, which is, again, it's more interesting than the the minutiae of the mechanics that fucking, like, Genesis goes through of the, okay, well, we're going to go to this point in the past and then we're going to go forward to this point yeah. in the future and then now this happens and now we have to go forward to this point in the future and that matches up with this thing from... Uh, uh, fuck off. <laughs> Just tell a story. The Just use, tell a story. The use of present day technology uh, actually makes the original movie even more impressive. Yeah. Because the basic premise is one day technology gets advanced enough that it's like, we don't need you. Or in yeah. this case, it, it's more an implication that Legion doesn't want to destroy humanity. Legion thinks destroying humanity is what's best for the Earth. Yeah, it's, it's a common theme in, in sci fi yeah. that deals with. <clears throat> like Skynet does seem a little more malevolent. Yeah. Whereas Legion seems a bit more like, no, this is logical. Yeah, like, we yeah that, well, that's that's the common theme that crops up in a lot of sci-fi that deals with artificial intelligence, robot wars, etc. Mm. Is that at some point the artificial intelligence... not robot wars? Not robot fortunately. wars. Wars against robots. Um, <laughs> the idea that the AI will eventually go, oh well, you know, this Earth's better with no humans in it. Yeah. How do I save the human race? Just kill them all. Yeah. Can't um, kill themselves then. <laughs> but like the, the the first movie obviously has that as a setup. Yeah. And automation plays a part in the first movie to a degree. I mean, the Terminator itself yeah. is killed in a factory. Yeah. 
Um, one of the tensest, creepiest things ever is the upper half of its corpse crawling after uh, the uh, skeleton crawling after Sarah Connor in the in the machine as it's like getting tighter and it's just like oh my god. Um, this film retroactively makes that even more impressive, and also reinforces how yeah we haven't really heeded the lesson of that original movie. Nope. As uh, Diego uh, was it? Uh, Danny's uh, brother. Yeah, Danny's yeah. brother is. Re- is replaced at the factory by a, a new robot arm. Yep. Um, and he's going to get fired that day. He just shows up to work and it's replaced him. Um, the use of phones, the fact that Sarah Connor chucked Daddy's phone out the window is just like, they, they can track you yep. on these things. Uh, the way that the Rev 9 uses CCTV, which plugs itself to into a data together center. where yeah. they could be. Really cool. Um, the drone during the bit getting across yep. the Mexican border. Like, and then of course he notifies the authorities. Yeah. Because then if he doesn't get him on the way there... Yeah. You get him on the way there. And then that just gives him a better shot. Yeah. When he does get... So... Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's, like, it's clever. And, and upsetting. Because you're like, oh yeah, we are relying an awful lot on technology, yeah. aren't we? This Which, you know, is, is the kind of, you know, sci-fi hold up a mirror to, to society. That's yeah. what that's what he wants in his best. Even when it is, you know, filled with explosions and, and <laughs> such. But yeah, let's talk about Carl. Let's talk about Carl. Carl is... Fucking love this. Carl is the T eight hundred that killed John Connor. So it's the one that because again through her dialogue in those scenes, it's implied that a few more T eight hundreds. Yeah. Post T two kept sending Terminators. Yeah, specifically the T eight hundred model. Yeah. Maybe because they thought they'd be confused or disarmed. Maybe because the T one thousand was a one off. Yeah. Like prototype. You know, like the, the, I just got the sense that that was the, that was the base Terminator model. So they just kept sending those. <clears throat> Um, Carl is the T-800 that killed John Connor mm-hmm. shot him and then dropped the gun and walked off because it completed his directive and then it had nothing to do nowhere to go yeah like so it goes back it goes like to the states and I think I think he, he says that he report, once reported back that it had happened mm. he was disconnected because that's it like you're done there's no point bringing that T-800 back like, let's just leave it. I think he was automatically as soon as as soon as the mission was complete, then that's it. Like he's just freed from his programming. Yeah, and, he's just, and well, there it's you go. It's like so it doesn't develop a conscience. It doesn't break from its programming per se. It's just a T eight hundred had never been left after a mission that wasn't then immediately reassigned or recycled or yeah. whatever. So it had time. And it had time to think about what it had done and logically process what it had done. And he keeps reinforcing the idea of, like, he didn't develop a conscience, but he developed something close to how a conscience works and processes information. The artificial intelligence equivalent of a conscience. Yeah. For for, So he doesn't feel feel bad for killing John Connor, but he understands the trauma it would have brought to Sarah. Yeah. And understands that that trauma is a bad thing to do to someone and is not desirable, nor is it appreciated. Well, he understands that. And as that. a result, he's like, I like, I, I, almost feel like the original directive was not worth it because of what it has done to you. Yeah. So it's the closest he can process to like a conscience and, and, and uh, uh, regret. And, and also, 
having having now gained a family of his own. Yeah. In a wife and adopted son. Which which is again it's wonderful because they sort of cover the bases with it not in like an expository way. Yeah. And this was one of the bits where they did some exposition that didn't feel a little clunky. Some of the yeah. exposition in the film felt a bit clunky. This didn't. Um and it's they sort of imply that his his partner is a victim of an incredibly abusive relationship. Well, the outright state that. Like, he, yeah. saved, he saved her from an abusive but, relationship. But as a result, what she was looking for in in a partner yeah. was not a physical romantic relationship. Yeah, so they... She they, was they... looking for someone just to, to look after her and take care of her yeah. and remind her of her worth and look after her son as a result. Because, like, Grace... Uh, either Grace or, or Sarah say, like... What so she doesn't know? Oh, it's, it's Sarah. She yeah, yeah. When you when you when you you know getting you know she doesn't know when you get intimate. Like she doesn't know. Yeah, she, she's not. She's not. Uh, she's not noticed that like the naked man lying on top of us weighs four hundred pounds. And he's like, <laughs> it is not a physical relationship. Yeah, which is also kind of it makes it more bearable. Bearable makes it more uh, believable when he sends her off and stuff. And it's like he do, she doesn't know he's a robot. Yeah, but she knows he's different. And at some point when they first got together, he made it clear that something he has done may one day come back. Yeah. And regardless of what's happening in their life, he will have to go. But in the meantime, he does drapes. Yes! <laughs> so the, Termina- the Terminator, the T-800 in particular, has been played for comedy a lot since the second movie. Yeah. He's played for comedy in some places in the second movie, more so in the stuff that got put back in in the extended yeah. cut. Almost, like, all he's, in he's, service of building the relationship between him and John. Yeah, which works really well in that movie. Which is why I prefer the extended cut to the theatrical. The third movie plays on it a little too The third much. movie is almost a comedy in places. Yeah, like, and he's wearing a stripper's outfit for the entirety of the third the, movie. The third movie is almost a parody of Terminator. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of been the people always reference. Like, it's, it works so well in the context of the movie of T2, but everyone always references Hasta la Vista, baby, and things like that. And it's like... Yeah, but that's not that's not Terminator. That's that's this story, and it works really well in this, and it defines this film. And these things are important moments, and they're brilliant. In context, they're great, and out of context, they're kind of amusing. And this and the other, but like the Terminator isn't a joke per se. This movie does you can get humor from it though without belittling the yeah. machine, and this yeah, movie yeah. does that really well. Um, the humor that comes from the Rev Nine situations are all kind of darkly comedic. Yeah. Which is good. Come from, like, his, come from his infiltrating and reacting like his uh, discussions with the, the border guards and such. Yeah, like, like he's still a threat. Yeah. Same way Robert Patrick in T2, all of his humorous moments are just darkly like, oh, that, oh, things like that. Like the, like the mirroring of the, 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 the guard or the um, the bit where the person's got the blade through their mouth and he's mimicking yeah. the voice. Like it's darkly comedic. Oh, shouldn't laugh. That's horrible kind of things. Yeah. Uh, the Rev Nine's kind of like that. Arnie just gets to do a couple of comedic moments, but they derive from a, not a place of the character being silly. Yeah, like to kill time whilst they're waiting for the military contact to show yeah. up. He's explaining because Danny's clearly just asked him. Yeah, how he's because run a, how he's run a drapes business because she doesn't have any malice towards him like Sarah does. She to hit, she's to been hit really her. conversational yeah. with him. Um, like Grace doesn't hate him, but she's aware that he's similar to the antagonists from yeah. her timeline, so she's a bit cautious. And Sarah just absolutely despises him. She tries to kill him on sight. Understandable reasons. Yeah. Um, and they have that sort of bitterness, which turns to a sort of grudging respect by the end of the film. Yeah. As you know, it's gonna because that's how these things work. But um, it's done well. 
but like he's just talking about how like people adults especially make stupid decisions yeah, in regards to drapes in a children's room it's like no he wanted the salmon colour and I said no little girl then there was a little girl's room polka dots butterflies <laughs> it's like it's so deadly serious but it's like but it doesn't it, like you say, I'll be it, honest it, if that guy came to fit curtains in my house and yeah. I was like I'm thinking some of this and he was like no and he told me that I was like yeah sure whatever you want to go for man <laughs> because whatever not, you want to go for because it is so like, <laughs> six foot five like giant Austrian fella the comedy no, comes from the it. The Pokemon pattern went out four years ago. Your child would be a laughing stock. Like you said, the comedy comes from Use the, the, the position of this guy, like talking about drapes in this very. While he's tooled up with fucking weaponry. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and also when they go into his gunship. Bodyguard? I do drapes. <laughs> what? Um. And but also, also no, earlier on, when everyone he talks knows about, like, Carl. Carl of Carl's draperies. And when he talks about the logistical reasons why, like, this relationship has worked out, yeah. it's like because I'm caring, I look after her and, and her needs, I take care of her son, I'm a good listener, and also I am very funny. And you go like, <laughs> what? But then later on, he does make a couple yeah. of things like statements he is where you're funny. like, holy shit! It's developed. It's figured out how humor works. It's picked the wrong moments. Yeah, but like not for us, the audience. This is funny shit. But it's, you know, it's just, you get a sense of, oh yeah, again, again, like you do with the, with the Rev 9. Oh yeah, this is an infiltration unit. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's not as crude as the infiltration unit we met in the first no. movie that just walks around and because fucking kills, had, anyone, had the the best part kills of, anyone with the name Sarah Connor in the phone book. It's had the best part of 30 years to adapt and assimilate. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's a really smart decision and a really smart direction to go with that character. It's good because they're not saying it learns to grow feelings. They're saying... It learns to empathize in a way where it has a time. It's had time to assess the situation, yeah. and because it has spent so much time around people in this environment, yeah. where the only humans are not the ones they have to kill on a battlefield, it's learnt more about humans. But at that and, point, and what people are really actually like. The interesting point about that is, at that point, you're just arguing semantics of whether he has feelings or not. Yeah, well, it's, because to, it's, it's the whole discussion to every of, effect. Does it have a soul? It's yeah. that whole kind of discussion. To yeah. every effect. It did grow a conscience. It mm. does have feelings. It, it, has it, it seems. To, it seems to feel sad at yeah. the notion of no longer seeing his his partner yeah. and his stepson ever again. Because of course, it does pay for its quote unquote sins. Its past sins with its life. Yeah, with his life, um, and it, you know, sacrifices himself to make sure the Rev Nine stays down. Mm. Um, so, it, like, a <clears throat> few years after the death of John Connor, it felt bad. Yeah, and began. To, to atone. To figure out... It began to... Like, it figured out exactly what giveaway signs there were, like... I think it's like two weeks ahead of yeah. each arrival of a Terminator. Consensed the chronal displacement. Yeah. So he would send the thing to Sarah Connor to give her life purpose. Because he had taken her purpose away from her. It's like... It's good. Oh my god. So he's her guardian angel and her worst nightmare at the same time. And he's also got a shed full of cunts. Because it's Texas. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just it's it's a really smart use of Arnie, and a really smart use of that concept, and a really restrained does... a really restrained use of the classic Terminator yeah. as well. He doesn't yeah. rock up until the hour ten minute mark. Yeah, and then he's with you for the remaining um, hour hour of the yeah. film, uh, and fucking uh, it, puts it, in a performance as well. It like... can't it can't be helped obviously because marketing is what marketing is. 
But I would have loved to have had no clue that he was in this. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. if they'd got that far. Um, he couldn't have done it. But it's keeping in tradition with the Terminator franchise, really, because the trailers gave away that the Terminator was a good guy in T2. Yeah. Even though in the movie that is completely played as an absolute twist yeah. at the end of the first act. So, yeah. Whatevs. Yeah. Whatevs. It's, it's, it's no good. It's um, no good. But um, he's really good once again, and it's nice because you can see that you can see the robotic um, framework for his performance. Yeah. But this Terminator has learned, so it does do it does things differently. It makes more casual gestures from time to time. It, it he sits a certain way. He leans a certain way. They rock up, and he freaking prepares Corona, like complete with slices of lime. Like it just all these little things be like, why is a Terminator doing that? It's like because he's observed people because he so lives long. a human life. This is what he's doing. That's what he does now. That's what he does. Like and and every everything he does is a calculated move, but it's there to put people at ease because he wants to be Again, a, be blended. That's an idea that comes from the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, of of a, so of, a, of a cover Terminator, of a Terminator in deep cover. Yeah, that acts human. Let's talk about the action set pieces. <sighs> Uh, fight in the factory is the first big one. Fucking, Fucking hell. great. Um, the highway chase, I think, might have been my favorite. It just doesn't stop. Like as, soon, as soon as Diego Luna turns up, yeah, it just <clears throat> goes. Uh, they drive out. She rigs the truck. Grace rigs the truck. They're out of there, and then that freaking uh, like heavy thing just smashes through the wall yeah. and chases after them. Um, in a moment, very reminiscent of T two and T three. Yes, kind of the two the two highway chases yeah. in that that movie. Those movies. Um, but again, straight away, you're hitting those beats early. Yeah. And you're going, okay, this is the classic Terminator stuff, and then you just go in a completely different direction. And yeah. You make it its own thing. Do you, know what, do you know why I think this one works as well? Between that stuff, there is a lot of reflection. Yeah. Which hasn't really been present in any of them after the it's second. It's like I say, you don't really get time until after that first. That, that, that sort of, the chase sort of is the climax of the first act. Yeah. And yeah. you don't really get time until that's done for the character to sit down. Everyone finds out who everyone is. Find out about Sarah. Find out about who, what Grace's deal is. Why she's after done it. That, but that's when you take that moment to sort of let the first act breathe, and you've kind of gotten most of the Terminator beats that people expect out of the way by then. Yeah. So now you can actually focus on okay, well these are the characters we've got, and this is the direction that we're taking this story in, and it's going to work because we're actually going to go with this and not try and do Terminator again. Mm-hmm. Um. And then it doesn't sort of pick up action-wise again until you get to the border control. Border yes. Control yeah, which is where suddenly it's like, oh shit. Which which then gets reminiscent of T2 a bit once they're in the cage well, you've got the, you've, stuff. You're you've like, got oh, the tension so then like, of the fact that the yeah. heroes have not got any of the weapons mm-hmm. and they're vulnerable and isolated and this guy's just going to fucking walk in and murder him. Yeah. And then that that's where that tension so comes from. Visual scene. nods to two because at that point he's in a military yeah, slash security yeah. uniform. And yeah, it's it's where it mirror. It never feels gratuitous. No. Um. They, although there's one gag I wish this franchise would drop, which is we have to put I'll be back somewhere in the movie. I'm like, yeah. I wish, I wish they drop that. But they really do. It's first act stuff that they just get out of the way. It works when it, I know it sounds weird. It works when. Sarah Connor says it in the first act. Yeah. Because she doesn't do it like a, I'll be back. She's like, I'll be back. 
And you're sort of like, oh, cool. Yeah, because um, she's going to it, make sure that the liquid it made me go. It made me go, oh, a little bit when Carl went, because I won't be back. And it sort of lingered in a way where it was like, hey, hey. hey. It's like, it's changed the way we're headed because... I don't want to go. Oh. So, but also... He's, he's always saying that. No, he's not. I really hope that if we get another sequel to this, and I would like to see another Terminator... Uh, Me off too. Of Specifically with, with Danny and Sarah in it. have any T-800s. Yeah. Same. No, Arnie. Agreed. Because then that line will feel right. Yes. Because I feel like that's what they're trying to say. Yeah. It's not It's not just that... <clears> it's, <throat> it's, you know, it's a cute callback. It's this character moment. But also, also, also Arnie's not going to do this it anymore. Get, it gets annoying as well when, like, in every movie, we have to find a way to put Arnie back in it. Yeah. But isn't he in all of them? Well, no, it's a different character in every film. Yeah. It's like, just, well, don't have him in it. And that way, he can be in a Terminator trilogy where he comes out of it looking like the MVP. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Because when he, when he joins, by the time he joins the story in this, it doesn't feel like an add-on. It's like, oh... <gasps> That was the piece that was missing. Yeah. That was the thing. Like, everything was great. There was just something that didn't feel right. And now Carl's in it. Oh, my God. And does bring this that team right. together. Yeah. And it's uh, it really starts to operate as a unit. And then, of course, it leads to where you are at the end with Sarah training the the lead, the future leader of the Resistance again. Yeah. Only this time it's not a son. It's this. It's she, she has purpose. Yeah. Again. And it's like... Holy shit! Now that I would a road movie of Sarah and Danny fucking shit up. That final shot made me laugh as well, though. Like, so they were this kid they go to see Young Grace. They yeah. sort of watch from afar, and then they then they go off. Because uh, of course, yeah, the twist with Grace is Grace already knows Danny because Danny saved Grace at a younger yeah. age. In, so after in, in yeah, the post after after Judgment Day, after world. Judgment Day, Danny saves Grace and starts to bring together the resistance, and that's so. Grace knows future Danny personally. Yeah. Um, She's sort of a mother figure for her. But that final shot where they drive off, I got the point of it. The final shot is they drive away and it's a shot of a neighbourhood and it's a crane shot, so it's just raising up. And it's this idyllic, like, green, lush, sunny day, like, kids playing, families talking on the sidewalk. It's like, it's it's that juxtaposition of this battered fucking old Jeep. Yeah. And them going off. Well, that's, that's knowing the visual what they know and what is coming. Yeah. Whilst that's happening. But also the way the shot was framed and just the colour of the street and everything. I was waiting for the Delora. Yeah. I was waiting, I was waiting I mean, for the Jeep. Back to the I was waiting for the Jeep to yeah, turn yeah. around and fly. I thought, the camera. I thought exactly the same thing. <laughs> I thought exactly the same thing. It's like roads. Where we're going. We don't need roads. But, you know, I think. On the on the whole, for its flaws, and it's not a perfect movie by any means, but this is just a really strong, a really strong sequel. To do you Terminator. know what? Do you know what it is now? It went Termi- the Terminator, Terminator Two: Judgment Day, and Terminator: Dark Fate yeah. as a trilogy. It's the Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's not. It's not the dizzying heights of the previous entry. No, but it's definitely a worthy part of the and story. It- it has its own shit that it's completely its own and adds to everything and is a satisfying conclusion yeah, to that trilogy. Which is exactly what yeah. none of the other Terminator movie sequels have been. They no. haven't been satisfying. Yeah, Terminator they've 3... Been, they've been the for, cinematic for all equivalent of, its, of for empty all, calories. For all the things that work in number 3, the bleak ending, which is one of its strengths, is a really crap place to leave the trilogy almost. Yeah. Um, which they try and sort of come out of with Terminator Salvation but mm. the problem with Terminator Salvation is they made a they took a great concept and made one of the most boring 
<laughs> sci-fi action films ever made. It's just fucking Dullsville. <laughs> it's so dull. Genesis essentially is a nostalgia fest trying to rely on your love of the first two films. But, you to know, get this by. this differs from Genesis in that this actually makes sense and is a coherent story. Yeah. Whereas Genesis is just all when over was the Genesis? place. Genesis is twenty seventeen. Twenty sixteen. What a thought that in three years the franchise has been scrapped and yep. rebooted. And well. And yeah. Like, but this is a movie that I think could only happen because everyone everyone has seen mm. everything that's gone wrong. And again, one of the people involved is who, the man's name I can't remember, who <laughs> who, who created uh Sarah Connor Chronicles, who which is one of, of the, those, one of the few well received yeah, of those sequel projects, it's it's uh, the most, um, the most well regarded. I think probably uh, Josh Josh Friedman. Yeah, uh, Josh Friedman is. I actually the... remember that freaking convoluted Genesis, the T one thousand in Genesis. Yeah, that's meant to be the same T one thousand as Robert Patrick's. Yes. But it's a different actor. Yes. As is the case with all of the characters. Yes. Yet they go Apart to from great, Arnie. yet they go to great yep. lengths to make yep. sure Arnie is the T eight hundred. Yeah. What's the point? Genesis would have made I'm gonna say it now, Genesis would have made an amazing video game. In the style of like the thing or the Evil Dead sequels that were video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like here's here's what might have happened next, and you get to play it. Yeah. You get to live moments you love from the first two. Yeah. Like you know, that, Genesis would have been a great video game, but it's a terrible movie as it stands. Where's that? Fake? And is yet another example of the of the growing filmography of you've put Matt Smith in it, and that's it. Yeah. That's all you've done. Yeah. With it? Looks like that's going to be happening again with episode nine. Matt Smith is in it. But where? But so where? someone thinks they've identified him. There's this alien thing with like a blue uh, face okay. and a bit of a trunk and this mask. And one of the shots from like the merch and stuff, his eyes and his like brow. It's like, is that Matt Smith? Wouldn't you love it if they get his kidney bean face in it and then just bury under a mask? I love his it. His beautiful kidney bean oh, face. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. But... That has a beautiful eyebrowless kidney bean face. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, fucking Dark Fate, it's good. Who'd have thunk it? I'm, I was I'm so glad. I was shocked coming out of the cinema. You went in with you went in with hopeful expectations. Hopeful expectations, and, and I was like, delighted. And I, went, I went in with low expectations and came out very pleased. Halfway through, <laughs> I think it was around. I think it's a really good, solid three-star action sci-fi. Oh yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's t- tip, tipping, tickling, tipping into the four star realm. Stars, yeah, tickling into but it. I, I think about halfway when you put it up up against. The absolute four star Terminator. Halfway and through. Absolute five star T2. In the cinema, I, was, I, I leaned over keys and I said, No, I don't, I don't want to jinx this, but <laughs> I think this might be good. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a badass action film. And then she was like, With a Terminator yep. in the title. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, but and, yeah, and I mean, not a single lighting operative was bollocked by a twatty actor. Fucking. I, I'm, I'm just so. Glad it weird that that's Salvation's legacy. Oh, oh good for you! Good for you! Fuck off, Christian Bale. <laughs> Fuck Although off. That, that being said, I do want to see Le Mans 66. Le Mans 66 does look Looks good. pretty great. It looks very by-the-numbers biopic. Yeah. In terms of, like, but this is essentially was... a giant jerk-off session for Ford. Christian Bale's one of those people, like, <laughs> people idolise him as this great fucking actor, and then you actually, like, look into what he does in the films and what he does on set and stuff, and it's just like, oh, he's just a fucking wanker. 
So I'm getting more of that vibe with Joaquin Phoenix as well since since the stuff has come out about Joker. Yeah. And I always been in the past with other movies. I'm like, oh, he's just a fucking wanker. Oh, but he's such a great actor. We love to work with him. Yeah, but he's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So why? In this bit, we're told the best way to work with Joaquin Phoenix would be to have him on your film for a couple days <laughs> for a for a for a pivotal character in a scene, so you can enjoy him, use that brilliant talent, and then call it a day. And then you you can say, I mean, you, you can do some of the press if you want. It's up to you. Like you know, yeah, it's up to you. Do you know what I mean? Like in and out. That being said, he's very good in her. He's very good in her. Mm. He's very good in a lot of things. I just Christian Bale, but you know. There's no Jared Leto, very good in a lot of things. He's really good in Dallas Buyers Club. No although, excuse for although being. Although now on reflection, I'm like, oh, I mean, it could it could have actually been yeah. a, you know, could have actually a been a transactor, yeah. but no yeah. excuse for being a piece of shit, Jared. No. Even if you have got an Oscar, he keeps he keeps digging his grave at the minute. Have you noticed? Well, yeah, that whole endless headlines about the <laughs> Joker, endless that, that headlines. Whole thing like, oh, Jared Leto. He's not in Birds of Prey. No, they shot stuff for it, and apparently he's not in it. Look, look they they. <laughs> There's all this stories about Jared Leto was upset about Joker. It's like, who gives a fuck? Fuck Jared Leto. You know, you, do, you know what you do, Jared? If you're really upset about it, you work with the teams making the other films that would feature your Joker, and you fucking get it right. So that people see you in the next one and go, actually, do you know what? He was really good in that one. Like, that's what you do. You don't bitch and whine about the spin-off movie that yeah. doesn't have your version of the character in it. Go back on tour with your shit band, you pretentious wanker. Anyway, emails. Um, speaking of, I don't think we've got any emails, have we? I think we will. I think the only email we got was Charlie's. Yeah, it was Charlie's <laughs> uh, headline giving the Game of Thrones prequel series is dead. Long live the Game of Thrones prequel series. Let me double check. See might if we got be any tweets at the expense of Dark Face. Might be the best Twitter, uh, best mess- email we've ever received. <laughs> it's pretty on point. Um, oh. Yeah, so I asked about uh, I asked about Dark Faith. If anyone had seen Faith. it by the time we're recording, and we only had one tweet about it so far. Which Fuck is date. Sean Lindsay and Sean Lindsay says, "So they can end the franchise on a good note and leave it at that, right? Right? Smiley I face. I would not. Mm, I would not be surprised if we got another one. I wouldn't be upset. If this does I wouldn't well. be upset if we got another one. But similarly, if this is it." For that franchise, yeah, cool. Like, but cool note to I end think, on. And I said this in the video review. I think it for this force awakens the Terminator, mm. in that it moves it away from what it's been so rooted. It, it does in. what Salvation tried to do, yeah, um, and just didn't do very well. It actually, manages to move the series forward in a meaningful way, so you can have a continuation that makes sense, which isn't anchored to all the baggage from the original movies. Um, but it does it obviously it does it in a much quicker way than Force Awakens and Last Jedi did. Yeah. Because they're still sort of doing that. It's gonna be at the end of episode nine where you're like, okay, we've got this whole Star Wars canvas to play with. Divorced from all the old stuff. Yeah. Whereas that does this Uh you've still got the Sarah Connor connection through line, and you're gonna have her lineage through her training Danny. But you can make you could come back to Terminator in ten years and make a sequel to this. Yeah. And not have to worry about, you know, not having, um, oh, she's not dead in 10 years, but not having Linda Hamilton around because she'll have been retired or whatever. You can do that. Yeah. But also now you've established that Skynet can become Legion and John Connor can be succeeded, um, uh, replaced by Danny Ramos. Yeah. You can just tell a completely unconnected story. It's like, okay, well, this is this. They managed to hold it off for this long. And it's become legend now that, that you know we have to keep beating back this bad future. 
Mm. And different people will emerge at different points in history to help beat this bad future back. And that big bad will always... I think what you do is you you do one where time travel isn't a factor at all. Because Salvation nearly did that. Yeah. And then in the third act, they're like, we're going to bring some time travel elements into it. And like, we're going to do time travel here and... Like, Carl Reese is going to learn about this and this and the other. And it's just like, shout out to Anton Yelchin, actually. Yeah. He was pretty good at Anton that. Anton Yelchin was um, great in everything he was in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, God, taken God way too soon. soon. Guy was a fucking serious talent. Uh, join, the tw- um, join the 27 Club. Mm, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's. That would be, for me, that would be the thing that would make me go, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, let's see the eve of Judgment Day. Yeah. Like, not necessarily the story of the day before it happening, but, like, let's see, yeah. like, let's see what Danny has done to prepare herself and as many people as she can for Judgment Day. Yeah. No Terminators coming back, just like, okay, things have, they've been keeping an eye on the development of Legion. It's like, okay, this is, this oh, is the moment. This oh is when shit. things go. This is when things go. Tell a story where they manage to expose to the world what could happen and it, like the paranoia begins to spread. Mm, interesting. Let's see the world try to like regress technologically on purpose in a world where something burrowed somewhere is developing itself to replace humanity. It's funny you should mention humanity regressing itself technologically out of paranoia because that's one of the themes in the Watchmen series from HBO. Yaga gag 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 all ties together. Neatly in a bow. In a way. Um, what did you think of Terminator Dark Fate, uh, aka Terminator 3, 4, or 3, 5, if you count T2, 3D? I'm going to go with Terminator Cubed. Tubed. 3, 3. Tubed. Terminator, Rise of the Machines. Chobes. R- Rise of the Machines. Terminator Chobes. Genesis. It's Terminator Chobes. Dark Fate. It's Terminator Cubed. Fair enough. Uh, Terminator 3, 3. We want to know. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at BigDamnCast. Yes. If you aren't listening to this on your headamophones, you can. And how are you listening to this? You can listen to it on your SoundCloud. You can listen what? to it on Spotify. What? And iTunes. iTunes! But if you happen to be a video person, you'll listen to it in a tab. You will already be on the Big Damn channel on YouTube. If you are, please oh, give this video yeah. a thumbs up, a favourite, yeah. uh, subscribe, comment. Any interaction can really help the channel, but you can help us directly in all of our future video and audio content uh, in the easiest way possible by contributing to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash BigDamnCast for as little as $1 a month. One measly dolly. You can join the Discord and financially support the show. The higher the tier you pay for per month, or even if you just want to do it as a one-off payment for one month and take advantage of it for one month, Go for it. Why not? Every Why helps. not? And if you can't financially support us, because I know we've got quite a lot of young listeners, hey, that's cool. Hey. We appreciate it. But you know what you can do instead? If you can't, give us some shekels. Spread the word. Let people know about the give show. Give us some schmeckles. Let people, give us some, give us some schmeckles. Um, then we're going to go down yeah. for a whole afternoon at Blips and Chips. <laughs> do you know, I've not played in two years. Pocket Mortis. I wonder if it will still be any Anyway, we'll see you next week for Knives Out of Summer from Bush to Summer. What is out? I don't know. We'll work it out. We'll see! Bye! Bye!